Hey, uh, TikTok and YouTube and everyone else on the internet. There we are. What is it? January 18th, talking about changing your lifestyle to lose weight, right? Kind of approaching things from a different angle than uh, typically thought about because your lifestyle has a huge impact on your weight. Maybe it's the most important thing. I don't know. You know, um, it's up there. And so a lot of people don't think of this, you know, and they don't really consider this when they are. Uh, approaching their weight loss and you're missing out on the biggest part of the process all right and so we're going to talk about specifically what what do we mean by lifestyle right so i think there's people now that have a sense of you know i need to change more right and this all starts as, as i always do you know like your your thoughts about weight loss are primarily diet oriented and what most diets do the the trick of diets is you have to recognize that they are like carnival salespeople or, or you know, like carny, carnival games, where the goal of the diet is to conceptually make it as simple as possible so that you feel like you can do it. And they do this with anything, right? I think the, the best example is probably keto, you know, where it's like, oh, just, just cut out carbs. Just, you just don't have to do one thing, just cut the carbs out, you know? So that sounds conceptually, that's a very simple idea, right? And so because it's such an easy idea, our brain, you know, even though we know it's hard, logically, we are subconscious creatures, which is why I'm going to talk about hypnosis, because I don't know how you can change without hypnosis. But what happens is that one simple concept, no matter how difficult it actually is to implement, our brain says, oh, one thing, I can do that, right? And so pretty much every diet out there is, again, the specifics change of it, but but the core that's always the same is they're, they're minimizing what you actually have to do. They're trying to simplify it. They're making it seem as simple as possible so that you feel like, oh, I, I can do that, okay? And so what we've gotten in the habit of and what most people are stuck in now is you don't even, you may not even realize it, but like you're, you're, chasing, you're chasing these shortcuts, right? You're just looking for the simple, quick answer, the one thing I can focus on, you know? And let's say keto, for example. So keto, you say, oh, okay, I'm gonna cut the carbs out. Well, that's super hard. It's super hard to do that, okay? And so it's, you put all this energy into cutting out carbs. And what do people do? Usually the, the diet feels like an endurance test, right? It's not really built for the long-term success. It's built, I just want to do it to get the weight off of me. And people approach the keto thing a lot of times like that. It's like, it may work for a little while while you're doing it, but it's very difficult to keep doing it. It's very difficult to maintain it, you know? And so I, I use keto. I'm not picking on keto because I think, I think, pretty much all the diets have some aspects of them that make some sense, you know? And I think the keto idea of like, yeah, we're, we're way out of control with the refined carbs. <laughs> no doubt. Now, I don't think you need to cut all the carbs out. Why? So you can lose weight as fast as possible. Well, you're never gonna eat a vegetable again. You know, I, I think it's, again, like most things, they drive that one concept and drive it right into the ground, you know? And, and I think it's not built for sustainability, you know, I think it's built to say, okay, well, there's one thing we can do. I can do that. You know, then you do the one thing for a little while and then you stop doing it. And you know, the, you know, the process, right? So what am I talking about? I'm talking about lifestyle changes. Okay. Because what would happen if you took all that energy that you put into trying to not eat carbs or, or whatever the thing is that you're trying to do. And again, it doesn't matter. I'm not picking on keto. It's any of them, right? You try doing this and it's, it's, it's intense, right? To follow this, to do this. And um, you spend all this energy trying to follow this, this plan, Right. But the problem is that as soon as you stop following the plan, you just go right back to where you were. Nothing's different. OK, so what I'm suggesting to you here is that you start to invest your energy into something that's going to last you a long time. And this becomes the lifestyle 
part of the process. Now, this isn't it. Oh, thanks for the corn and the fire. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, the chili pepper. All right. I, lo- I love chili peppers. I love hot sauce. Um, so, so what I'm saying is it, it, it's a different philosophy, you know, right from the get-go. And before I even tell you that, we got to get clear on what the goal is. The goal, truthfully, is that you don't want to lose weight, you know, just so you're clear on this. Uh, you don't want to lose weight. What you want is to be able to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot, right? That, that's the secret. That's what you actually want. And so once you articulate a more clear goal that you actually want, then you can start to strategize about how you're going to make that happen. And right off the bat, that pretty much starts disqualifying the diets, right? Because the diets are just, I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. Well, what do you do once you lose the weight? I don't know. I'll figure it out then, <laughs> right? So it's like right from the get-go, we want to have a more clearly defined goal of what you actually want. Because the more clearly defined your goal is, the more clearly you can define the strategy that's going to get you there, right? What's the saying? If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Well, there you go. There, there's your diet thing. Because again, you're just saying, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. And it's like, well, there you go. But then, of course, if you just think about losing the weight, it's a short-term focus. And uh, you'll do anything. You know what I mean? Like, Because again, short-term, I can do anything. I'll eat 500 calories a day just to lose the weight. You know, so it becomes a short term focus thing. So, again, you want to realize and I ask you this question, how long do you want to lose the weight for? Oh, forever. OK, <laughs> that's what I thought you said. And so let, let's think about a plan that's going to last us forever. And so what that is, I think there's a couple different levels to it. So my my program, my approach, it's a mindset piece lifestyle. So as I have blueprints, right, it's a 60 page work workbook. People do it. And so the mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint and then the eating blueprint. Now, the eating blueprint is very important in terms of your weight, but without those two foundational pieces under it, I don't think you're going to stick with any eating plan long term. I really don't. I don't. And so I've not seen it happen, you know, because the lifestyle piece, the mindset piece, the most important If your mindset's not straight. It don't matter. Nothing's going to matter. OK, but let's just say your mindset's straight. Your mindset's good. If your lifestyle piece isn't isn't set up right. I don't know. What are you going to do? Your lifestyle is affecting your energy your moods, your thinking, your cravings, your digestion, your metabolism, and, and just a million other things, you know? And trying to like lose weight without changing your lifestyle, it's like trying to stop your car without taking your foot off the gas pedal. You, you see what I mean? And so it's like, if you have this crappy lifestyle, it's like you're waking up exhausted. You're craving unhealthy foods. You have very limited ability to say no to the unhealthy foods. You have limited ability to think of healthy options. Um, you have no cravings for healthy foods. You never feel satisfied, right? This endless hunger is driving in you. Um, you don't feel good physically, mentally, or emotionally, right? And so it's like, if you feel that way, if that's your base, like, what are you going to, what are you going to follow? How long are you going to follow no carbs or it doesn't matter. Again, I, I keep picking keto because it's just easy to say, but pick any weight watchers, right? You're exhausted. You're frustrated. You step on the scale. You didn't lose as much as you wanted to. And now it's like, you're not, you're not going to continue, you know? So it's like. This is this is indicative of how crazy people are when it comes to weight loss. Because my, my idea is this, that if you're struggling to lose weight, the primary reason why you're struggling to lose weight is because you are literally, literally in a state of hypnosis where you're not thinking logically, where you're just very emotional. And you've been conditioned and trained this way from all the dieting marketing you've seen. And you've seen millions of weight loss advertisements in your life. And... They're constantly, again, they may be different. It's different plans and different philosophies in a sense. But at the end of it, 
they're all telling you the same stuff. They're really fixating you on short-term results, um, looking better primarily. So it's really a focus on how you look. Uh, usually it's like one thing. It's not a holistic approach. It's like one thing changes one thing and you lose the weight. Um, and then the biggest and worst part of it all is just short-term oriented, you know, just short-term. Like, how can we get the fastest results in the quickest way possible? And people are in this trance that when they think about weight loss, that's what they're thinking about. You know, it's not a real solution. It's a, it's a bandaid. It's a, it's a shortcut. It's a quick fix. It's a hack, you know, and it doesn't work, you know, and yet though you keep on trying it, you know, you, that, that's the part of the hypnosis. You never wake up from this and realize, you know what, I've tried this plan 30 times and it hasn't worked. Let me do something else. You keep trying the same thing over and over. And I've seen people, I mean, I've talked to people in the seventies want to lose weight. It's like, it, it may never end. You know, you can't just assume that somebody you're going to wake up smarter and more motivated and just make the change, you know? And so what this comes down to as well, another diet hypnosis trap you're in is that you're going to change everything all at once, right? You're just going to wake up tomorrow, tomorrow's Monday, and that's it. I'm going to be a different person tomorrow. Well, why would you be? Why? Why would you all of a sudden be a different person tomorrow, right? Because that's what it takes to actually change your weight. You know, so what I'm suggesting to you here is really it starts with a different philosophical approach to your weight and understanding that you don't just want to lose weight. You want to get to your goal weight and live there the rest of your life on your autopilot. But let's take it a step further because the weight alone is not what you want. The weight is a means to an end. The weight in and of itself does not make you happy. Right. There you go. Yeah. Someone wrote gain health. Yeah, exactly. Right. We need to make this about more than just how you look. Right. Because. Um, it's just not enough. It's not enough, I promise you. And so there needs to be a more f fully articulated goal than just I want to weigh X amount of pounds, you know? Because the other pro problem with that, just focusing on the weight, is if that's the only thing you're focusing on, it's like that weight loss is up in the future somewhere, potentially. And it's, very, it's a very unmotivating idea and strategy. Right. Someone says I'm focusing on lifestyle, not weight. Thanks for your inspiration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is the lifestyle piece because you start to develop this lifestyle bit by bit. And when you focus on your lifestyle, now all of a sudden it's not just a weight thing. You know what I mean? Like, like again, and so what do I mean by lifestyle? Let me just make that clear real quick. So when I talk about lifestyle, I talk about eight habits. This is what I, I, I teach people. Um, the first one is sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, and gratitude right? Getting these into your life on a regular basis. And it doesn't have to be some crazy commitment. So I know I, I mentioned those eight things. Sometimes people say, oh my God, that's a lot of stuff. Well, not if you do it strategically, you know? So I teach people a three to four minute technique where they can do six of those every day, you know? And all of a sudden, oh, breathing tips. Yeah, I'll talk about breathing tips in a second. Sure. Um, and so it becomes, it's a more holistic approach to weight loss, right? So again, what we want to do is we want to have, we want to use lots of motivation, you know what I mean? Like, like wanting to lose weight, by the way, let me just talk about this real quick, that wanting to lose weight so you can look better is a very weak motivator. Now you think it's a big motivator, right? You, you think you believe that wanting to look better should be enough motivation, but it's not, and it hasn't been, and it's never going to be. Looking better is what we call an extrinsic motivator. It's the weakest form of motivation, you know? And so this is the core reason why you never get past the starting gate, you know, with your weight loss is that it's not motivating to you right? Your brain has evolved in an environment where how you looked meant almost nothing. It means something now, okay? But you have to understand that 
before 100 years ago, practically. There, there, was, there was hardly any mirrors. <laughs> there was no video. There was no pictures. There was no fashion. There was no scales. And so how you looked, there's no structures in your brain that motivate you to want to look better in the sense that we think about in our modern world. So it's just a weak motivator all around, you know? So you need to find more motivation. When you start approaching the lifestyle piece, you start finding that motivation. You have structures in your brain that want to motivate you to have more energy, to feel better, to think more clearly, you know, to be able to take more action, to be in a better mood, to have healthier cravings, to feel better in your body, right? These are real motivating things. And so if you orient your weight loss around these factors, and, and still want to lose weight. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look better and want to lose weight. You just can't let those be the only things. It's not enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know you think it is. That's the hypnosis. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You, you think deep in your heart. You're not even believing what I'm saying. You think, no, I, I just want to look better. Believe me. <laughs> I've been doing this professionally for 20 years and I, I have a, a intake thing and I ask people all the time, what's your motivation? You want to look better? You want to feel better? It's like 80% I want to look better. You know, and so think about it. Every single weight loss advertisement you've seen is that before and after picture, right? It's no one talking about, oh, I feel better. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, now I, I can get up and I'm energized and my head's clear and I don't have any more cravings and I'm a better person and I have more patience and calmness for my, my... we don't, we don't talk about that. We say, oh, look at me then, look at me now. I'm a better person now because I'm thinner. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's not, it's not enough and it's not true. Because if that was true, if being thin and losing the weight made everything perfect and better, then no one would ever put the weight back on. But people always put the weight back on pretty much, right? And so um, the lifestyle piece, I think, really is like one of the fundamental cores of really mastering your weight, you know? And the beauty of it is this, that again, with weight loss, the biggest struggle you have with weight loss is the time factor, Right. So, for example, if you could eat well today and be 10 pounds lighter tomorrow, how much easier or how easy would it be? Right. No one would be struggling. Right. It would be it would be so easy to eat well today. Right. Which let me back up a little more. You already know what you need to do to lose weight. So that's another problem with the diet. This this you, you're living in an illusion that what's the problem is, is that you're missing some piece of information, either a meal plan, a workout or what you keep obsessing on is what's wrong with me? How come I can't stick with a plan? And you keep thinking that you're going to get this little piece of information that's going to lead you to this cognitive break that's going to change absolutely everything instantly. And that's crazy. That's like thinking like you've never played the piano, but there's some missing piece of information I could tell you that all of a sudden you're just going to be able to play like a, you know, like a jazz wizard. You know what I mean? And so the big trick of the diets as well is that they're always telling you that you're just missing this little piece of information. And if you get this little piece of information, everything's going to change. You know, this bullshit. It's not true. Your weight loss is just, I just made a video like this. You have to think about like writing with your hand. Okay. So you know how to write with your hand, right? But can you write with the other hand? No. So knowing how to do something does not mean that you can do it. So how would you learn how to write with the other hand? Well, you wouldn't get a book on how to write with my left hand. You already know everything you need to know about writing. What do you have to do? You have to practice, right? And guess what? To create a new lifestyle, to become a thin person, you need to practice. And the diets are not about practicing, right? The diets are all or nothing. And so you think, okay, I'm going to start my new diet. Tomorrow's Monday. And I'm going to stick with it until I reach my goal weight. And there's no room for mistake. You know, you're approaching your weight loss as if it were a sprint. And if you're running a sprint, there's no room for error, 
right? If you're running a marathon, you can trip a little bit and still make it up, okay? So it's really important that you recognize that there are other ways to look at this whole process that can change all of it for you. That the primary thing standing between you now and being at the weight you want is primarily the way you're thinking, okay? Because you are literally in a state of hypnosis. Now, what does that mean? A state of hypnosis just means that we've bypassed your critical faculty. You're not being extremely logical here. And when it comes to your weight, you're not being logical. You're living in a fantasy world of thinking that some diet's gonna come along, that all of a sudden you're gonna change some Monday and become a different person and just follow everything. You know, and that's not what's going to happen. What has to happen is you have to start right now and say, okay, I'm going to start implementing these new parts of my life. I'm going to start thinking differently. I'm going to start behaving differently and then expecting that's my intention. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I intend to eat well today and then I'm not. And then when I don't, I'm going to learn from that so I can eat better tomorrow. Holy shit, right? It's a completely different approach because that's not what you're doing. You're thinking that all you need is some plan and that plan you're going to follow perfectly. It's just crazy, crazy thinking, you know, but you think it because you're literally in a state of hypnosis and there's a bunch of hypnotic suggestions that have been implanted into your subconscious mind about weight loss, primarily from the diets and the diets are just the food manufacturers, right? So, um, you know that, right? Weight Watchers, right? Owned by Heinz, <laughs> Jenny Craig owned by Nestle at one point, right? They're not, not currently, um, there's a company that owned uh, Atkins food products is the same company that owns Onions, pretzels and Cinnabon. These companies, they don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories for a little while so that you will end up eating more calories ultimately, okay? And so that's why they never give you the mindset piece. They never talk about the lifestyle piece. They know this stuff. I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. You know, I'm not the only guy to figure this out. They know this, but, you know, they, they're not concerned about you actually really eating less of their product. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just want to give you a little distraction for a little while when you get emotional. And that's how you choose your weight loss plan. You know, your motivation isn't even real motivation. It's just this temporary pain-based motivation. You step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, you catch a reflection, uh, clothes don't fit, and you get so upset. I don't care what I got to do. I got to lose the weight. Right? But enough of that. All right. So, so the idea is you start right from where you're at and you approach this as if you were learning a piano, as if you were learning a language or learning some new skill, learning how to write with the other hand. And you practice a little bit every day and you acquire the skills slowly and you get better and better, and better each and every day. And before you realize it, you look back and say, holy cow, I'm, I'm a totally different lifestyle, totally different way of thinking, totally different way of eating. And holy cow, my, my body's different, you know, but that's not what you want to do because you're so obsessed with fast results that the only thing that's appealing to you is just, you know, something's going to be fast, instant results, you know, and that's because you're so fixated on the weight loss part. So when you start making it lifestyle based first, the beauty of that is that, yeah, the weight loss will come, but that takes a little while. What's going to happen in the meantime is that you start to instantly, you start to have more energy. You start to feel better. Um, your body feels more comfortable. Uh, you have more flexibility. Uh, you're drinking more water. Your body just running more efficiently. You know, your moods are brighter, right? This is the stuff that actually matters. This is actually the stuff you're after, you know? And the weight loss doesn't necessarily give this to you. So again, and the craziest diets, the HCG diet, you take this hormone that pregnant women make. And uh, that's, again, that, that's the trick. That's what they focus you on. But the real, the way you're losing weight is they tell you to eat 500 calories a day. So imagine you eat 500 calories a day for a month and you lose 15 pounds, 20 pounds. Is, are you happy and energized and feeling good about yourself? Or are you knowing in the back of your mind, shit, I can't keep this up. What's going to happen when I can't eat 500 calories a day anymore? What am I going to do? So it's like most people when they're losing weight, 
you would think they'd be happy and excited and they kind of are in one sense, but there's also this intense anxiety in the background because they know they can't keep this up. They hate it. Their quality of life has gone down. They're losing weight and their quality of life's gone down as well, right? That's not what you want. (laughs) You want to have your quality of life go up and you don't necessarily have to lose weight right away for your quality of life to go up. That's the secret. So instead of thinking the only way you can feel better is to lose weight, stop that. Stop it. (laughs) The way you can feel better is to start living better. Start nourishing your body. Start getting the sleep you need. Start hydrating yourself. Start relaxing a bit more because you're stressed out and tense all the time, right? Start moving. Go for a walk. Get, Get out. Move your body. Get some fresh air, right? Quiet your mind down. Be more grateful, right? These are the things that make you actually feel better. And then ironically, when you start feeling better in this way, guess what happens? You start to naturally eat better most of the time. Because a lot of your overeating is driven by feeling like shit all the time. <laughs> See what I mean? So again, it, it's an inside out approach. You know, it's the opposite. And I think it, it works much better because it feels much better right from the beginning. You know, um, breathing tips. So yeah, breathing, it's one of those things, you know, breathing that everyone thinks, oh, I know how to breathe. No, you don't. I can almost guarantee you don't know how to breathe <laughs> properly. You know, and this is coming from, I'm a certified yoga instructor and I didn't know how to breathe at all. You know, and so what do I mean by that? Well, I'm breathing. So you tell me I don't want to breathe. Well, okay. Your lungs are bigger on the bottom, smaller on the top. Okay. So for you to breathe properly, how you breathe when you were a baby just born, how people breathe in, um, not, I don't know how to put this, but more primitive cultures is they breathe when they breathe. You're not gonna believe this. Their stomachs go out, right? So the diaphragm's moving. The lungs are filling up on the bottom. Now, a lot of times in our culture, we don't want our stomachs moving. We don't want to draw any attention to them. So we learn how to keep our stomachs tight and we breathe from here on up, which is the smallest part of your lungs, which is to say you're not breathing properly. Now, by the way, just as an aside, I'm not saying that breathing more is going to make you lose weight, but you know how you lose weight mostly, right? You breathe it, you exhale it out, you know? So again, breathing though, more importantly than exhaling the, the weight out is that it changes you physiologically. It changes the way you're thinking. It changes your mood, changes your biochemistry, you know? So the key thing about breathing that I'll say, and I can go in depth about breathing and I do, you know, my my program and stuff, but the main thing I would say is that you probably, and check your breathing now, but you're probably, most people breathe from about here on up. Their shoulders. And they're, they're kind of breathing like from, you know, maybe it's a, a third of their lungs they're using. The top third is kind of where most of the, the air flow exchange is happening, you know? And so the big thing about breathing is to relax your stomach. Start using your diaphragm. And the easiest way to do this, so, I'll, so let me, I'll give you a, a quick thing about breathing. Most people, when they want to take a deep breath, they just take a deep breath, right? But the problem with that is that can sometimes be stressful because if you go to take a deep breath, you may have this much air in your lungs. And you ever had that experience like, oh, you're trying to take a deep breath, but you already got air in your lungs. You're like, (laughs) and it's like that weird feeling. It's almost anxiety inducing, okay? So what I would suggest to you is that when you want to deep breathe is that you focus on the exhale. Because no matter how much air you have in your lungs, you can always exhale it out. And you want to exhale it out comfortably. You want to ideally breathe through your nose, okay? In and out, all all of it. Um, If you can't do that because your nose is blocked up or whatever, fine, breathe through your mouth. But ideally, you want to breathe through your nose. There's a lot of value in that. There's a great book called Breathe. Um, I really recommend it. It was a great book. One of the best books I read last year, I would say. Um, Led to the biggest, what would I call it? Biggest discovery of the year last year was from that book for me. 
um, in, in a practical way, something I implemented. So, so breathing though, it starts with relaxing your body too. Okay. So you can test this out right now. Try this out, right? Tense up all the muscles in your body, in your upper body, squeeze all the muscles really, really tight, squeeze them, squeeze them, squeeze them. And then try and, try and take a deep breath. Take a deep breath now while you keep all the muscles tight. Right? What happens? You can't do it, right? So the muscles need to relax so your lungs can expand, okay? So the first part of breathing properly is to relax your body. And so you relax your stomach, relax your chest, relax your shoulders, relax that face. These face muscles have a huge impact on how you feel, by the way, but relax all of it. And then you focus on the exhale. You exhale all the air out of your lungs, all of it. And then when the inhale, when it's time for the inhale, you just get the hell out of the way. You don't have to focus on inhaling. Your body will take care of it. But while you're inhaling, what you want to be paying attention to is keeping these muscles relaxed. Because you're going to start to notice very quickly when you focus on your breathing that the biggest challenge you have is that you're tense. Your tense is all get out. There's a good chance that your symp- your your sympathetic nervous system is overactivated, that you're in a sympathetic fight or flight. That's your fight or flight or freeze response you're going to recognize that you're in a fight, flight, or freeze tension state a lot of the time. Times when you shouldn't be, right? That's the scourge of the modern day person. We're not in life or death situations very often, but we're feeling like we are. We're living as if we are, ironically, right? We're we're, day to day, we're in the safest environments we've ever been in in history. But nervous system wise, we're, we're like being chased by lions all day long. Okay, so that has a huge impact on how you breathe and and how you feel. So the breathing, again, you focus on the exhale, you relax everything, focus on the exhale, and then you keep everything relaxed. The inhale is going to happen naturally. Um, If you're breathing through your nose, you can imagine that you have a straw attached from your nose all the way down to the bottom of your lungs and you're filling up your lungs from the bottom up. Okay, let your stomach move while you breathe. Okay, and so this is where like breathing is such a profound exercise because it can make you feel so much better, you know, because most people are under oxygenated. You're not breathing proper. And so you're not oxygenating your cells. Oxygen is the most important thing that you give your cells and you're not breathing proper. And so that's one of the fundamental reasons why you don't feel well is that your breathing sucks, you know? Just to be honest, my breathing sucks. So I'm not saying this to like judgmentally. Before I learned how to do this, I didn't breathe well. I was very, very tense. I didn't think about breathing at all. And I remember when I started to learn about it in yoga, I was like, "What I I did what everyone does. I know how to breathe. I think I know how to breathe, you know? And I was very dismissive of it. (laughs) I feel like an idiot, you know? It's like, no, I didn't know how to breathe and I wasn't breathing properly because we don't live in a natural environment. Do you understand? Like the culture is training us in all sorts of ways that are not healthy most of the time. Just, right? I mean, right? (laughs) We know this. And so, like, again, it's all these combinations of usually our sympathetic fight or flight nervous systems overactivated. Um, That causes us to breathe differently. We're tense. You know what I mean? A lot of the times that restricts our breathing. We don't want our stomach moving. That restricts our breathing. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's a lot of factors that go into our crappy breathing patterns and habits. And so, getting good at breathing is one of the best things you can do to feel better. And the better you feel, the easier it is to lose weight. It really is. No one ever thinks about this. You know, people think of their body like they, they think of it. I, I don't know the words to say this. So I'm going to be a little inarticulate, I believe here, but it's like people intuitively think of their body as just like this fixed thing. 
And so you could live 30 years and you think your body's just kind of the same. It's not. You need to think of your body like a car. And a 20-year-old car that you've been driving has a lot of wear and tear on the parts. Okay? Now, I know this isn't the most pleasant thought, but I think it's important to recognize. And so it's important for you to start to realize that how you're living, what did I mention? Your sleep, your hydration, your relaxation and breathing, your nourishment, what good stuff are you putting into your body? Never mind the bad stuff you're putting in. Keep eating that shit if you want to, but at least get some good stuff in your body and nourish your cells with what they want. Micronutrients. Sometimes, not all the time, but at least sometimes during the week, please put some good nourishment into your body. It changes you on a cellular level, right? Um, movement, moving your body. I'm as guilty as anyone. I could, I could not move an entire day. I could walk a thousand steps a day. You know, it's easy for me. <laughs> I have to intentionally think to move more, you know, meditation, quieting that mind down, that chattery mind you have is keeping you in a sympathetic nervous system activation, right? And then gratitude, you know, we, we don't practice gratitude. And so feeling ungrateful, you know, feeling like we don't have enough, feeling like, you know, it's not fair. And, and like, you know, feeling that all the time, again, it, it triggers that sympathetic nervous system. And, and there's all sorts of systemic effects from each one of these things I just mentioned, you know? And so what you want to do is you want to train yourself to be able to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, right? Your, your rest and digest system where you calm down and you relax. And it's a fundamentally different state for a lot of people because sitting on the sofa and watching TV is not that. You, you got to understand that when you're sitting there watching TV, it's a very hypnotic state. And yes, you're sitting there and it feels like you're relaxing, but you're not because we are mental creatures. And so you're watching sports, you're watching some murder mystery, you're watching uh, some horror movie, you're watching some drama where everyone's dying and it's sad. And what's happening is in your body, you're activating your sympathetic nervous system. And so you're stressing out your nervous system while you sit there on the sofa watching the show. It's a completely different experience to watch, you know, unsolved mysteries and to meditate. <laughs> you know I'm saying on the outside looking at you, it looks the same, okay? But what's going on in your mind is creating a completely different nervous system activation, and that has systemic effects. So, for example, if you meditate now, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying you should meditate for an hour, but I'm saying if you meditated for an hour before you went to bed, or did some yoga for an hour before you went to bed, or watched TV for an hour before you went to bed it's going to have an impact on your sleep. And then that eight hours, if you're giving yourself eight hours, because if you're watching TV, there's a good chance you're not, you're going to get six hours of sleep or five hours of sleep. If you meditate, you're way more likely to go to bed and get eight hours of sleep. So do you see, I'm like, it just, it snowballs into big stuff very quickly, you know? And most people have no sense of how to influence this. I hear people say, oh, I got to change my lifestyle. I can't just have a diet. Well, what are you going to change? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I say this not to be like an asshole. I, I say it because I'm always trying to point out how little you actually know about losing weight, how little you actually know about being healthy, you know? And it's a trick of the world we live in. I don't know how this is. I don't. But it's like you watching this. I ask this all the time to people. I say, how long have you been trying to lose weight? How long have you been at it? And I usually get 20, 30, 40 years. And I just point out that, and you're obsessed with it. You think about your weight and losing weight all the time. You've been doing it for decades. And I just say to you that, it's what you're doing is so ineffective. So I talk about what I teach in my program, not, you know, A, A to help you out. So I got to tell you all these lifestyle things, go, go learn them, you know, but it's like, 
the bigger point I want to make is that you have no clue about any of this stuff. I get here and talk about it. People are like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. I never thought of that. Never thought. And it's like you've been at this for 30, 40 years and you know as little about how to lose weight now as you did before you started your first diet. That's again, that's evidence of a state of hypnosis. You know what I mean? You need to be more logical and say, this shit ain't working. I've got to do something different. I can't keep repeating the same thing where I get really upset, start some crazy diet, do it for a little while, stop doing it, get really upset, start doing a diet. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the same cycle. And you could do that your whole life, you know? And um, it's, it's, again, it's not even just <laughs> the lifespan, right? So your, your, your weight, your health, all the things I'm talking about are directly related to how long you're going to live. And, and I don't say this, um, I'm not being hyperbolic, I'm not exaggerating, look up the Framingham Heart Study. And um, one of the things they found, if a woman's overweight, she's gonna lose 3.3 years of her life. If she's over obese, she's gonna lose 7.1 years of her life. Seven years, right? It's like, I always reference the cigarettes, right? Because if you're old enough, you remember that at one point, you didn't, you didn't really equate cigarettes with cancer. You know, I don't know if people remember this, right? In the 50s and 60s, people didn't equate cigarettes with cancer. They sat on that that information for a long time. And so people may have known, ah, cigarettes probably not great for me. I don't know, whatever. But that's how strong hypnosis can be. That for a long time, people did not equate cigarettes with getting lung cancer, which seems crazy now, right? Because you're putting all the smoke into your lungs. You would think, but but no, no one did that, you know? And so that was a form of hypnosis that overrode the actual experience they had of literally their lungs coughing, <laughs> right? Because there's effects. We see it now. Now we all know because it's, We've cleaned the lenses of our perceptions, right? We, we've cleaned up the lenses. We can see what's what when it comes to cigarettes, okay? But we're currently in that exact same situation that we were in in the 50s with cigarettes with the food and with the weight. You're minimizing and underestimating how damaging the food and the weight are to your body. It's literally killing you. It's literally decreasing the quality of your life right now. And this is the truth. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not lying about this. I mean, this is this is documented. This is real. You know this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I say this to you because, again, you don't even have the motivation to lose the weight. And it's because you just think, oh, I just want to look better. Looking better is going to change very little of your life. I'm here to tell you. Because most women, most, I work mostly with women. That, that's the primary client I, I have. Most of these women are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. A lot of them are married, been married for 20, 30 years, have kids. So looking three, four dress sizes smaller is not changing a huge, it's not making a huge shift in the quality of their lives. Yeah, it's cool. I look better. I feel better. Nice. You know, my husband, pay a little attention a little more for a week or two. And then it's like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't change everything. You know what I mean? Like how you look has much less to do with the quality of your life than you think it does. You think it has more because the diets are constantly feeding you this shit. But what's way more impactful to your actual quality of life is all the things I'm talking about, the lifestyle piece right? It's the sleep you're getting. It's how hydrated your body is, how, which means how hydrated are your cells, right? It's the rest you're getting, the relaxation when you relax. Just relax right now. <sighs> Take a deep breath. Notice how good that feels and then notice how little you do that. You're in a perpetual state of tension, you know? And so that affects everything. You're not nourishing your body most likely. You know, if you're following the standard American diet, there's very actual little micronutrient nourishment going into your body, which is natural foods, vegetables, fruits, greens, things that come from the ground, things that are, you see them growing and then you eat them. 
<laughs> they don't come in a box or a bag, you know? Now, again, I'm not saying you can't eat things in a bag. You can. But what, on a foundational level, are you doing to nourish your body regularly? And if it's not much, then you've got to recognize this is impacting every cell of my being. And every thought you have, because people have a tendency to intuitively think, oh, my thoughts aren't physical. Yeah, they are. Your willpower, it's physical. Your willpower is not some magical force. It's literally, it's your prefrontal cortex, which runs on glucose in your body. You know, so it's like your ability to think clearly, your ability to influence your decisions and behavior all comes down to what you're doing day in and day out with your lifestyle. You know, and people just, they just don't think about this stuff. Now, I don't blame you. You're, you're, you're conditioned to not think about these things. You know, understand the food companies are the cigarette companies. If you look at a chart of America, obesity and diabetes numbers, it's gone off the charts. You really got to look at this. I've got to make the video to show it to you, but you can look it up anyways. Look up a map of U.S. obesity, 1970 to now, right? And you'll find this. And it's absolutely jaw-dropping how, how fast it's gone from very few people were obese and overweight to now most people are overweight and obese. And it's only been 30 years, 40 years. It's not our genetics that changed in those 30, 40 years. It's the foods that we're eating and it's the amount that we're eating. And one of the big shifts, I'm not saying it's totally their fault, but right around the 70s, when the cigarette companies knew that the writing was on the wall, they were coming out, cigarettes cause cancer. They knew that was coming and they divested from the cigarettes and they went into food. Look it up. Okay, And they started using the same philosophies, marketing philosophies, creating addictive product philosophies to create foods that are extremely addictive and to use advertisements that gets us to overeat them. And here we are. And so you have literally, literally been hypnotized. I think it's funny when people ask me, can I be hypnotized? Yeah, you can. Absolutely everyone is hypnotized every single day. There's not one single exception. Now, you may not be able to be hypnotized by a hypnotist in their office, Right? Because you may not trust them, you may not believe them, you may not let go. Okay, that's a different thing. But I promise you, you're constantly hypnotized. Every single ad you see for food on TV is hypnosis. They're not logically trying to talk you into eating their food. They're appealing to your emotions, and they're doing it repetitively. It's the two classic hypnosis techniques, being repetitive and saying things that are emotional. And so every advertisement is using hypnosis techniques on you. And you say, well, those fads don't affect me. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. And yes, they are. And if you're struggling with your weight, they're absolutely affecting you. You know, so, and that's a whole other thing. I'm not going to get too much of that because I want to talk about the lifestyle and stay focused on that. But the hypnosis piece, it, to me, if you don't know how to hypnotize yourself, then I don't think you'll ever change genuinely. I, I truly mean this. And I'm not saying you got to learn hypnosis from me, but you better go and learn hypnosis because you don't even understand how your brain works. You think you're this conscious creature that just needs some more guidance about what you should do. And then you'll do it. You, that's not the problem. You know enough of what you should do already. You can't get yourself to do it. You can't get yourself to do it consistently because you have no clue about how to influence yourself in an actual way. You don't know what your habits are. You don't know how your mind works. Do you know you have a conscious or subconscious mind? Do you know the subconscious mind works totally different? Do you know the subconscious mind has all these programs in it that just runs automatically? Because how do you describe, how do you explain the fact that you want to lose weight so badly and then anytime you go to try it, some other part of you compels you to eat the wrong food? Does it not feel like you're fighting against yourself? Is that as far as your description goes? 
that you're not fighting against yourself, although you kind of are, I guess, but it's really your subconscious mind just running the programs that have been installed into it and you consciously trying to fight against those and stifle them down. That's what a diet is. You have your natural subconscious programs that run automatically. Always eat a cookie after lunch. And then you say, no, we're going to lose weight today. So you use your willpower and you say, well, no cookie today after lunch. And you do that for as long as you can. Then you get tired, bored, sick, distracted. This goes away. And guess what? This, oh, let's have a cookie lunch. <laughs> Never changed, you know? And so you're not built. Your brain's not built for you to micromanage every food decision you make. That's why dieting doesn't work and never will. Okay, so what you have to do is you have to use your conscious willpower and your smart intellect to transform your subconscious mind, to install new programs that keep you thin and healthy and happy. That's the way you got to do it, in my opinion, you know, because, again, how do you even think about your behavior? And I know how you think about it because you think of yourself as primarily a conscious being who can make logical decisions moment to moment. But that is not true. You are a subconscious being who has some conscious awareness. I use as an example, the rider on the elephant metaphor. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but that's a good way to think of your mind, like a rider on an elephant. So in that example, who's really in control? The rider or the elephant, right? If, if the rider wants the elephant to go down a street and the elephant says, um, you know, uh, there was a mouse down that street. I don't want to go down that street. Then it's important that you recognize that the elephant's not going to go down that street because the elephant's actually in control. And so that's very much what your mind is. You have this conscious mind, which is like the rider on top of the big elephant that's really in control. And until you learn how to influence that elephant and train it, you've got almost almost zero chance of being able to create any real sustainable changes. And I, I don't say that to discourage you. I say it because I think it's a more accurate description of what's going on. And to just try and force yourself to act differently never works, does it? Has it worked? Has it even been close to working? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so again, I say this to you because the worst part of it to me is that you start to assume because it hasn't worked that it's because there's something wrong with you. Look at all these people on the diets before and after. Wow, they're amazing. They're my, they look just like me. I can't get this result. How come I can't do that? Oh, it must be something wrong with me. Oh, because I'm a food addict or I got no willpower or because I'm a weak or because I'm a loser or whatever mean stuff we say to ourselves, always putting ourselves down. Maybe it's because you have a shitty strategy. Maybe dieting is a really ineffective, bad strategy that doesn't work. And you've proven that. <laughs> you know, a lifetime of experience and experiments, you've proven to yourself and everyone else that diets don't work. Like, they don't work for anyone, right? You know the stats of diets? 39% of people can't get past a week. 75% of people can't get past a month and 95% ultimately fail to lose weight permanently on a diet. So with numbers that bad, it's not you, it's the strategy, you know? So you got to stop taking it on yourself and you got to start realizing that dieting is just one approach to losing weight and it's a shitty one at that. And so this lifestyle-based one is one that I would suggest more, <laughs> right? Because it actually feels good right from the beginning. But again, ultimately that mindset piece is just so important. You know, it's so, so important. So I get to some questions here. I know, I know you've been asking, I appreciate your patience. If I, I haven't gotten to them yet, I'm going to get to them now and I'm going to stay focused and answer them all. <laughs> all right. I don't know what to eat anymore. Tried so many things, had so many Mondays. Yeah. The magic Monday, right? Where we just think like some magical Monday, I'm just going to be this different person, you know, and we just wish and hope that that's true. We want it to be true, um, but it never ends up being true. And it's because it would be like imagining this someday you're just going to be able to play the piano. You know what I mean? Like, of course not, right? 
it's interesting with dieting. That's what I'm saying about the hypnosis. You've been programmed and hypnotized. And because you've been hypnotized, you think illogically, you think irrationally. And if you really look at your weight loss strategies and how you think you're going to lose weight, that'll become apparent very quickly. And you'll recognize I don't actually have any plan. I have an idea of what I should do. What diets do is they give you tactics. Okay. So you have a sense of what you should, I should stop eating carbs. I should eat more protein. I should eat more vegetables. I should stop eating so much fat. You have these, these vague tactics. I should intermittent fast. Maybe I'll try that diabetic pill, you know, and it's like, but you don't have a, a complete holistic strategy. You have no mindset idea, which, which is the craziest part. And they never teach you this stuff. I think it's intentional. But maybe it's not. I don't know. In my program, that's the very first thing we're doing is the mindset piece. Cause to me, without the mindset piece, none of the rest of it matters. You know, because technically the diets all work like technically, like if you followed it to the letter, all the diets work. The problem is no one can follow them to the letter pretty much. Right. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but I don't know what to eat anymore. Let me just talk to that real quick, because I know that's part of the process. They want you to be confused because a confused mind is a stuck mind and they don't want you to not eat their foods. I always joke like. Heinz and Nestle are never going to buy program yourself then and blast it out into the world. <laughs> like I can guarantee you that because my program gets right to the core. And you're not going to eat their crap anymore, you know, or you're not going to eat as much of it. I should say, I still eat their crap sometimes, but you eat way, way, way less of it. So you're not going to see program yourself then out blasted to the world. Like you do all the other diets. Okay. And so the confused on the weight loss thing is another thing they do. The food companies do this. They fund these studies where it's like, oh, red wine's good for you. Red wine's bad for you. Oh, fat's good for you. Fat's bad for you. They fund all these different studies and put them out there because it confuses your brain. And a confused brain doesn't do anything. And that's what they want. Okay? So I'll make it real simple with what to eat. Now, again, the, the first problem with why you're confused to what to eat is you're in that diet mindset of tomorrow you have to start with a perfect plan. And so that's the first thing I would suggest you stop doing. You don't have to start with perfection. That's the biggest mistake you're making. If you were going to learn a language, if you're going to learn how to play the piano, would you expect that tomorrow you're going to sit down and just do it perfectly? Well, of course not, right? But when it comes to weight loss, you think you're going to do it perfect. This is intentional because by thinking you're going to be perfect, you're never going to get the results you want, right? You're approaching your weight loss like it's a sprint. There's no room for error. It's, I've got to be perfect or what's the point? And so that's the first reason why you're struggling with the eating because you think you need to have an absolute 100% perfect plan on day one. Because in your mind, you think if it's not a perfect plan, then I won't be able to follow it perfectly and then I won't be able to get fast results and then what the hell's the point, you see? And so you got to slow down, relax and start from where you're at. This is the solution to this. You start with where you're at. Your eating is very pattern oriented. You're not eating all different things every day of the week, every week of the month, every month of the year. You're not just eating all every, every day. It's something different. I'm eating. Nope. <laughs> you're eating the same things habitually promise you. And you want to recognize what am I eating habitually? Start there and start optimizing it. I would suggest you start with breakfast. Okay, I always suggest to people, you want to think of each day as like you're building a house with your eating. And so whether it's breakfast or lunch, if you don't start till later, whatever the first meal of the day is, I would suggest you focus on optimizing that meal. Make it as healthy as you can possibly make it, right? Don't worry about dinner right now. <laughs> now I know you're saying, well, shit, but I want to lose weight. So I got to be perfect, you know? So it's like, you have to let go of that. And you let go of that by reorienting yourself to weight mastery. I I'm going to accept slower results. I'm okay with that because 
I'm going to master this. There's a saying that people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. So again, the diets are always hypnotizing you to focus on short-term results because that causes extreme plans that you're not going to be successful with. All right. As soon as you start orienting yourself to long-term success for the rest of your life, because the weight loss is only a phase. It's only going to take you a couple of weeks, months, or years to lose the weight. And then what? And no one ever thinks about this, you know, because very few people get there. But I talked to lots of people that got there. They got to their goal weight and they put the weight back on. Well, what happened? I didn't feel like myself. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I'd lost the weight. I don't know. I didn't want to live that way anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so that's just a whole other thing. But it's important to start where you're at now, optimize your breakfast to start with. And then once you get that down and you got some, it's, it's pretty easy. You got some options that are within your calorie ranges, relatively easy to make, and you enjoy somewhat and you got that down, then you move on to the next meal. Can you imagine, imagine approaching it that way? <laughs> You know, but again, you, you don't want to do it because you just want that instant plan that gets you the fastest results. And that's the trap. That is a trap um, that you have to fight against. You know, uh, will you tell your email again? I keep missing in these lives. Um, my email. Well, you can email me. Uh, it's Jim at program yourself dot com. Uh, you can go to my bio and you can click on an email. You know, feel free to email me um, if you ever have any questions about any of this stuff. Uh, you can go watch a training I put together. Okay, so here I'm kind of bing-bonging all over the place, but uh, if you look in the description or go to the bio, there's a three steps to master your way, three steps to become thin. Click that, put your name and email address in, and I bring you right to a training page. That's it. It's a half-hour training that will really kind of bring you through the nuts and bolts of this. It'll give you a new paradigm, a new understanding of how to master your weight. That's what you need. I promise that's what you need more than another diet. <laughs> the, the problem's not the diet. See, you're within a paradigm. You're within a, a fixed way of thinking. <laughs> and so you can only think about weight loss in a very, very narrow way. And you don't realize that the second you can get out of that, you can realize how ridiculous the dieting mindset is. You know, it's ineffective. You already know that it hasn't worked, you know, but you're so trapped in it. That you can't even think of any other way to approach your weight loss. You're, you're literally trapped. So just watching that one training, I mean, listening to me here, I'm kind of doing it, but that's just a more structured training. Um, but it's like, if you watch that training, it'll just, you'll, you'll be like, oh my God. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> that's what the experience I think will be for you. Um, so yeah, I was suggest you do that. Someone says story of my life, stress. Yeah. Stress is, stress is probably one of the biggest things, probably one of the biggest factors of weight struggles, you know, because it leads to emotional eating. You know, and I think emotional eating is the number one problem, you know, because what's happened is most people don't know how to influence their emotions. They don't know how to feel the emotions they want and how to deal with the emotions they don't want to feel. And the main strategy, what do they use? The food, you know? And so people recognize, oh, emotional eating is a problem and they want to get rid of it. They try and stop emotional eating, but what they're simultaneously doing is getting rid of their best strategy to deal with their emotions, right? And so, yeah, they've eaten for three days really well, but they're ready to kill someone, do you see what I'm saying? So what you have to do, let me back up a little bit. Your goal weight, how do you decide that, right? Because most people decide their goal weight based on some arbitrary number. Well, that's what I weighed when I was 20. Well, that's what I weighed when I got married. Um, that's what the BMI chart says I should weigh even. That's a better one, but still, you need to give that weight, that goal weight, meaning, right? Because there's a good chance that that weight doesn't really mean much to you. It's just a number. It's just an idea. It's this very disassociated number or concept. So what you want to do is recognize that your goal weight by definition, ought to be the weight that makes you the happiest, the healthiest, and gives you the best quality of life. Well, that's interesting because now instead of just making your weight in a vacuum, which is what most people do, I want to weigh X amount of pounds. 
Okay, well, we have to take into account how you have to live and what you have to do in order to achieve that weight. And so a lot of people are picking, oh, I want X amount of pounds, but for them to live at that weight, they're eating carrots and salads and water all day, right? So what do you think is so great about that weight that's going to overcome that shitty lifestyle of doing nothing and eating nothing? You see what I mean? You've got to have a more holistic view of this approach and choose your goal weight based on what's going to make you the happiest and healthiest. What are you willing to do to eat? This is how you get to a sweet spot. I'm telling you, this this right off the bat changes everything because you're there's a very good chance you're choosing a weight that's so low in order you, you to achieve it. It's a crappy way of living and you don't want to do that. We all know we could lose as much weight as you want if you're just willing to eat carrots and water. Do you know what I mean? So that brings you to a deeper point that you don't want to do that. Well, you don't want to do a lot of these things. And a lot of it's because the weight you've chosen is just some arbitrary low number that's devoid of any real meaning. You know, you just think like, oh, oh, oh X amount of pounds, everything's going to be great. Why would it be? You know? And it's just like for people that say, oh, I want to weigh X amount of pounds, I'll be more attractive. I want to be more beautiful. I want people to think I'm, I'm more beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what will make you more beautiful is when you're happy. When you feel good about yourself, when you're relaxed, when you're calm, when you're at your goal weight and feeling good about yourself, there is no exact weight that's going to make you what? It, again, it's a fair, I don't blame you. You've been, you've been conditioned and literally hypnotized with the idea of like this weight is like this magic pill. It's going to make everything wonderful. And I think, I think that's a big reason why a lot of people get to a goal weight and then put it back on because it's not, it doesn't fix everything. You know, what does more likely fix everything is the lifestyle stuff I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, it's when you have energy, when you wake up and you're energized, when your moods are, are, are calm and feeling good, when your body is nourished and hydrated and you're, you're flowing and you're, you know what I mean? Your body's just humming along and you're feeling good. When your mind's quieted down, when your parasympathetic nervous system, you're relaxed and you're calm and you're breathing and you feel good when you move your body and you're connected to your body and you're happy with your body. That's what's going to make you happier and more attractive and more beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, like, that's what you want, you know? And so if you approach that first, again, I like to say, like, take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development, you know? And, and the reason what I'm saying there is that you want to give your weight loss more meaning, you know, just focusing on a number is, is means almost nothing to your mind. And there's just very little meaning to it. So yeah, dealing with stress, again, is a, a big part of it. How do we join your group work? So, okay, so if you're interested in, in my program and I have a program, A, first of all, it's a, it's a very intense program, okay? I, I like to think of it as like a college course condensed into eight weeks, right? And so I teach you how to hypnotize yourself. There's a, a program yourself thin technique you use to literally program your subconscious mind to make you thin. You go through a weight mastery blueprints. It's a 60-page workbook where I take you through the mindset, lifestyle, and eating blueprints. Now, this is important because they're customized to you. This is one more thing about the diets. This idea that someone's going to give you a magic plan who's never met you, right? You're a unique person. You got unique genetics, lifestyle, preferences. So, so for someone to say, oh, this is what you want to eat, <laughs> right? It's like, what you, it's like trying to jam a, a square peg into a round hole. And that's another problem. Another reason why you can't maintain these things because you're following a plan that's not built for you. So I think it's important to commit to figuring out what works for you. Who are you? What, what fits into your lifestyle? So it's a little more work on the front end, but once you have that, it's a literal personalized, customized roadmap for you to live at your goal weight, to feel the best you can. You know, so that's another part. And then I have all these hypnosis sessions, which is a huge part of it as a support um, system for you. You know, and it's literally, it's eight weeks of every morning, you get a five minute session. And again, it's delivered right through your phone. So it's like instantly, it's, it's part of your life because I'm all about practicality. 
you know? And so I know the hardest part of starting a plan is, is remembering to do it. So every morning when you wake up, there's a little notification. Here's your day's morning session. And there's eight weeks of brand new morning sessions. It's always different, which keeps it interesting. And so you start each day, like we were saying, it's a five minute session. You relax, you calm down. You focus your mind, you get all these positive suggestions, <laughs> you connect to your best self, and then you start your day. You think that'll make a difference if you did that for eight weeks, right? <laughs> and then at night I have these sleep gnosis sessions. They're 10 minute sessions. Each week one you get, a, each week you get a different one and it's a core weight loss mantra that's embedded deep in your mind at night. And so there's two versions of one of them I count you out and the other one you listen to as you go to sleep. And so as you go to sleep, you listen to all these suggestions and it, it programs you. And then I have a hypnosis library with 25 sessions in it. So if you wanna get into that program, you can't just join, okay? Because I know weight loss people where they just get real motivated for a second and they don't make a commitment, you know? And you're not gonna get results in my program if that's who you are, you know? You need to be able to commit, make a decision and stick with it, all right? And so if you do that, again, and so you have to kind of jump through a little bit of a hoop. You have to take action to actually even be able to join the program. And what that action is, is to go watch that training. You know, click on that link, put your name and email address in there, watch the the video, it's 30 minutes. And then if you can do that, <laughs> then I'll tell you about my program and how you can get started with it. But most people won't do that. You know what I mean? So I don't really talk too much about the program here. Again, I just want to give you some stuff you can take because most people don't really want to lose weight. They think about it and stuff. They're not really motivated. Okay. The people that are motivated, I know they're already there watching the training. And, and by the time I'm done this live, there'll be new people in the program because that's how it goes. Um, but if you're not there, that's okay too. Okay. And that's what I'm here. My mission in life, I've restructured everything over the last couple of months so that I can do these lives every day so I can make videos for free. So I can do these podcasts so you can listen to me for free and I'm going to help you that way as well. Okay. Cause my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. So I really have two ways to do it. I call it the Robin hood model. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, people invest with me to work with me, allow me to free up time so I can help everyone for free. Okay, so I'm here to help you. And by the way, even if you can't watch the training, go put your name and email address in there because I literally, I will email you. I'm going to email you every single day with some you know, motivation, some, some trainings, always a little emails. Just kind of keep front of your mind and I'll change the way you think about your weight and I guarantee you it'll help you lose weight more effectively. Guaranteed. Um, but that's how you do it. Go, go watch that training and then you'll see. Um, Fancy Nancy, hey, good afternoon. How are you doing? Um, I love your wisdom is enriching my health goals. That's great. That's great. And that's my purpose here. And just so you know, for anyone who doesn't know, the reason my mission is to live at your goal weight is not because I want everyone to wear bathing suits at the beach this, this summer. That's great. That's a great goal. But for me, weight is life and death. You know, my story started when I was nine years old. My father died of a heart attack, 54 years old, right? Um, worst, worst trauma I've had in my life. And so weight to me has always been a life or death thing. So yeah, I want you to look in your clothes for sure. It's, that's nice. It's fun. But way more importantly is I want you to be alive for the people that matter to you in your life. I want you to lead a, an enjoyable, fulfilling life. That's what I want for you more than just how you look. You know, the, the looking good is kind of a, a nice little bonus on top, but we got to recognize I want you to live longer. I want you to be on this planet. I want you to be the person you want to be. You know, so that's why I say like, you got to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Who do you want to be? You know, I tend to work a lot of times with people that are successful professionally or in other areas of their lives. You know what it's like to make a commitment and improve at something over time. And that process of progress, of improvement, of really exploring who are you? What is your potential? That's what really drives me. And that's what the program's really all about. You know, and that's what everything I'm saying here is. Um, someone's, that's amazing. Thanks so much for the advice and guidance. This makes better sense now. 
Good. Very interesting. Thank you. How do you handle your day when you get an injury? I feel like I'm in stall because of a tweaked back. That's a great question. Um, that that's something you know. Again, so when I talk about like my my mindset blueprints, it's and I'll just you can write this stuff down if you want because I think people might have a sense. Oh, I got to change my mindset, but they don't really have an understanding of what is that. What are the ingredients of your mindset? And so I'll share mine. Um, but the first one is motivation. Do you know how to motivate yourself, like actually, so that you're ready to run through a wall? Do you know how to actually run your motivation? Um, your self-image because the process really starts in my program with the self-image. Who do you want to be? You know, because if you've been overweight for a long period of time, your self-image, your identity is that of an overweight person. The way you think, the way you feel, the things you remember, the way you project in the future, all that stuff is revolving around you being overweight. And so this process really is one of identifying who do you want to be? What's the best version of you? And getting crystal clear on that and every day becoming that version of you. So it's a completely different approach to the weight loss because most weight loss is kind of outside in, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm going to focus on what I'm eating. And once I lose the weight, then I'll magically be a different person on the inside. No, you won't. And that idea comes from Maxwell Mall, psycho-cybernetics, right? He was a plastic surgeon in the 50s, used to fix deformities. And he recognized that some of these people, he'd fix the deformities, but they still acted as if they had the deformities, which led him to realize that there's a self-image, this mental idea of who we are, you know? And so that needs to change if you're ever going to live as a thin person long-term. Um, the next phase is habits, right? Breaking down the habits. Um, then there's emotions, how to feel the emotions you want to deal with the emotions you don't want to feel. Thinking like a thin person, the mindset pieces, the internal dialogue. And then there's maintenance. <laughs> so that was a long way to get to your, answer your question. How do you handle your day when you get an injury? You need to focus on maintenance strategies from day one. Never mind when you get to your goal weight, how am I going to maintain it? You've got to figure out how you're going to maintain your focus and motivation from day one to day two. Right? You just assume you're going to get to your goal weight and then you're going to work on maintaining it. How about you focus on how am I going to maintain when I'm stressed out, when I hurt myself, when life just falls on my head? What am I going to do then? Do you have any strategies for that? Probably not, right? Because most people think black and white with weight loss. You know, either everything's going right and you can go 100% to losing weight or you're not thinking about it at all. You get comfortable with the gray space, you know, because that's where most of your weight mastery is going to live, you know, um, in this gray space. So most people, when they think about weight loss, they think they need to be more perfect. But what I'm telling you is that you need to shore up the bottom. You need to be less nothing. So that's why I always say to people, people are all or nothing with weight loss. You need to become all or something. Okay. And so this question gets to that. How do you tweak your back? How do you uh, tweak your back and still stay focused? Right. Now that's the value of the lifestyle piece. So I'm going to stick on that kind of uh, dimension of this whole thing. So if you hurt your back, now, I'm going to say something. You're not going to like this, I think. I'm going to say it, though. When you want to... See, if you want to lose weight and that's your goal, then everything's about weight loss. When you focus on weight mastery, it's not all about losing weight. And so sometimes in life, um, you lose someone who's important to you. You lose a job. You have to move. Some other bomb falls off in your life. In that situation, guess what? You're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it. Weight loss probably shouldn't be your number one priority. Can you believe it? <laughs> now, just because it's not your main priority doesn't mean that it's not somewhere embedded into how you live, okay? So if my back gets hurt, all of a sudden weight loss just went to the back of the line. And what moved to the front of the line is how can I recover as fast as possible, right? And so now, because I have a long-term timeline with weight, it's my whole life, I don't care if I don't lose any weight this week or this month. I just wanna get my back 
back to feeling good. I want to get back to feeling good. And so now I'm making sure I get enough sleep because I know that's going to help me heal up. Um, I might massage my back. I might stretch out more. I'm definitely making sure I'm drinking water. So my, my muscles are hydrated to help heal me up quicker. I'm absolutely nourishing my body. So I'm giving myself the micronutrients to allow my body to repair itself. I'm moving in a way that's comfortable. I'm taking more hot showers. Maybe I'm getting a massage, right? Maybe I'm doing things to kind of relax my back. So you see what I mean? Like, but by focusing on those things intensely and getting my back back to a normal place, I'm still taking care of my weight. Now I'm not eating maybe perfectly. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm not as active, so I'm not losing weight as much, but I'm not going crazy with the eating either. And so it's like, there's other things sometimes when you can think long-term with your weight loss, when all of a sudden a bomb goes off in your life, you can focus on that and know that you'll get to your weight. That'll become priority again when my back gets fixed. I hope that helps, you know, because that really does get to the point of like a holistic approach to losing weight and not losing weight, but weight mastery specifically, you know? And so when you hurt yourself, you focus on getting that better, you know, imagine that. Um, let's see. Any other questions? Yeah, feel free to ask them. South African diet here, fresh and nourishing. I don't know about the South African diet. Is that real? Like, I'll check that out. You're, I'm assuming you're in South Africa. Um, yeah, interesting. So yeah, as long as it's as long as it's fresh food, like that's probably a good place to start, right? Natural foods, right? Foods that are one or two degrees away from nature. That's a good place to start. Now again, I'm a big fan of most diets are really all about no. What you have to stop doing. Stop eating ice cream. Stop doing this. Got to stop eating that. Got to stop eating that. And what happens is people create a vacuum in their mind. Well, what am I supposed to do? And so I like to make the distinction between nourishment, nourishing your body, putting the good stuff in, and saying no to the bad stuff. They're two separate things in my mind. Okay? Because what people do with the all or nothing is that if they eat the candy bar, they say, I blew it. What's the point of being healthy now? What's the point? The point is so you nourish your body. So you start thinking more clearly. You start creating healthy cravings. And so you're more apt to be able to say no to the candy bar tomorrow. That's the point, you know? So you want to separate in your mind saying no to the unhealthy foods and putting good foods into your body. This is why in my lifestyle, my eight habits, one of those is nourishment. I separate it from saying no to the unhealthy foods. The eating blueprint is more about, you know, strategically structuring your eating so you eliminate the negative stuff. Um, and putting healthy stuff in as well. But the nourishment part is just purely about putting healthy things into your body. It's transformative at a cellular level. So you've got to make that distinction. You can't be so, oh, well, screw it. I ate some ice cream today, so I'm not going to eat healthy. That, that's, if you're thinking that, you've got to take a step back and reflect on that. That's a state of hypnosis that is completely illogical, right? It makes no sense, you know, but we do this a lot of times, you know, so you, you got to watch out for that. Um, would you be able to help someone who wants to lose weight slowly to prevent loose skin? Yeah. My whole approach is slow weight loss. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> I don't know who wants to hear that, but it's like if you, A, if you can wrap your head and heart around letting this be a forever process so that you don't have to lose the weight right away. Okay. Because I'm telling you something. Let me, let me explain this from a different angle first. A lot of times what people do with the weight loss is they get rid of the pleasure of the food, but they replace the pleasure and the excitement of the food with the excitement of losing the weight, okay? So, okay, yeah, the food's gone, that sucks, but as long as I step on that scale and it's going down, that will replace the pleasure. But then people get to the point where they've lost all the weight, and now they are in trouble. <laughs> they don't know what to do, okay? And so, so often when people base their motivation around that scale going down, it's, it's a sneaky thing, you know, cause yeah, it's motivating to watch it going down, but what do you do when it stops going down? 
And what a lot of people do, I swear, is they put the weight back on so they can go through that process again. They get addicted to losing weight because it's all they know, first of all. And second of all, the, the motivation really just comes from watching the scale go down, you know? So how do you, what do you do differently, you know? And I think that's why you want to focus on weight mastery because the other part of, of focusing on the weight, it's a tricky thing because that weight is in the future. Your brain has cognitive biases. They are hardwired into your brain. You cannot change them. There's a lot of them. You ought to know them because the more you understand your brain, the more you can strategically work around them, okay? So one of the cognitive biases you have is a thing called future discounting, meaning you discount the future more than the present. If I tell you I'll give you $100 now or $150 in two years, you're going to take the $100 now, okay? So this is one of the core issues you have with weight loss is that, you say, well, I can have the cookie now or I could potentially lose some weight somewhere in the future, well, your brain values the cookie now way more than that potential uh, cookie in the future, or the potential weight loss in the future. Okay, so right from the beginning, you need to orient yourself a little differently, and you need to focus on the consequence you get from your eating decisions ten minutes from now. This is much more appealing to your brain. So when you have the cookie in front of you, you say, "I could eat the cookie now," or and you can ask it through this question: "I could eat the cookie now and get the pleasure of it. How will I feel in ten minutes, though?" mentally, emotionally, physically. Now this is much more intriguing to your brain because it's only 10 minutes away. So it's close enough to feel like it's now so that that future discounting thing doesn't really happen. And as you start to train yourself to recognize what is the consequence. So in a simplistic way, what I help people do is re reorient themselves subconsciously because everything's good and bad. Okay, the ice cream's good and bad. The cookie's good and bad. It tastes good and it's bad because it puts weight on you. Subconsciously, you have been hypnotized to focus almost exclusively on the consumption of the food. And because you only focus on the consumption, you either get the joy of eating it or you get the deprivation of not eating it. And that's subconsciously how you're thinking about food. But you're missing the biggest picture, which is the cookie's good and bad genuinely. You try and bullshit yourself. So, I don't want the cookie. No, I don't want to cook. I want to lose weight. It means almost nothing to your brain. Okay, so a difference is, well, I could have the pleasure of the cookie. Okay, that's one thing. That's true. Or I'm going to have the pain in the future. Because 10 minutes from now, if I eat this cookie, mentally, I'm going to think of myself as, and I'm going to say some harsh language because I know how people talk to themselves. If I eat this cookie now in 10 minutes, I'm going to feel like a loser. I'm going to feel like I let myself down again. I'm going to feel like a person who can't lose weight, can't stick to anything, can't do it. Emotionally, I'm going to feel discouraged. I'm going to feel guilty. I'm going to feel ashamed of myself. I'm going to feel frustrated. I'm going to be pissed off that I did it again. Physically, you may or may not notice anything, but if you eat a lot of food, you're going to feel full. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel lethargic. Okay. So all of these things are true and your brain knows this, and this is a much more compelling case for your brain. So as you consistently start to orient your subconscious mind to focusing on the consequences that exist right on the other side of eating the food, you start to naturally make better food choices, okay? So when you say, like, how can I lose weight slowly? I like that idea because I truly believe that the slower it comes off, the longer it lasts. I truly believe that primarily because in order to lose weight slowly, you have to identify a different form of motivation than just watching the scale go down. And I think those motivations that you have to use last much longer, so I hope that makes sense. So yeah, that's literally what I do is I help people lose weight slowly. 
<laughs> and I don't like to say that out loud too much because I know people that's like an instant, like that. I don't want it. I just want fast. But at some point you got to take a look at what you're doing and realizing the orienting yourself towards fast, rapid weight loss is the, literally the thing that's keeping you stuck. It's literally the thing keeping you stuck. It would be like, I always use this example that if I wanted to learn like a language, right. And it's like the only way I'm going to learn the language is I only get programs and books that are like, learn Spanish in three days. Learn Spanish in 24 hours. Right? That's all I'll, all I'll learn from, right? And it's like, those are gimmicky, right? They don't, I'm not willing to commit the time and the effort and the resource to actually learn it and master it. And that's what most people do with their weight loss. They just want a gimmick. They just want to get quick, rich. You know what I mean? Like we, we said get rich quick schemes, right? We, we have negative ideas about that. But pretty much every diet is a get thin quick scheme, you know? And it's very appealing to us because again, usually when you make a decision to lose weight, it's from this spontaneous pain-based motivation place where, you know, when do you, when do you even get motivated enough to lose weight? When? It's, it's spontaneous. It just happens. All of a sudden you finally step on the scale. Oh shit. Or you go to the doctors and step on the scale and you have to face it. Or you see a picture of yourself. Oh my God. I didn't think I realized I was that big. Or you see a reflection of yourself. Oh my God. Or you, the clothes don't fit. You know, the clothes you said, once those don't fit, that's when I really got it. And so you get these really pain-based situations, but in that pain-based situation, you're literally in the state of hypnosis where you're not thinking clearly. You're not literally <laughs> that state of pain puts you into a sympathetic nervous system. Your sympathetic nervous system, one aspect to it is your vagus nerve. It goes from your below your belly and your intestines all the way up around your heart and up to your brain. And it literally impacts how your brain functions. And so a real simplistic way of thinking about it, when you're in a sympathetic nervous system, the blood and energy all goes out to the muscles in your body and it goes away from your brain. You, you start accessing the very primitive parts of your brain and it goes out to your muscles. You're not accessing your prefrontal cortex. You're not accessing your logical thinking, your executive functioning in that state. And that's typically when you're choosing a weight loss plan. And so that's why in that state, the more extreme it is, the more appealing it is, you see? So when you calm down and relax and start to realize, you know what, this makes a lot of sense. I want to commit. I want to commit to mastering my weight. <laughs> and then, then you're in my world. And that's how I think of my program. Again, I think of it as a college course compressed down into eight weeks, but I think of it as a college course. And th what I mean by that is this. When you went to college, it wasn't just this emotional thing. It wasn't like, okay, let me enroll in college and see how it goes. <laughs> Can you imagine if you approached it that way? What would happen? I mean, the first hard test you took, the first time you had to write a big paper or read a big book, you're like, oh shit, no thank you. But because you made a real commitment to it, because you made a logical decision and you committed to it, you expected it was going to be hard. You expected there's going to be setbacks and you set yourself up and anticipated that so you come back stronger, you know, when you, when you enroll in college and make a commitment to it, you become unconditional, whether it's easy, hard, whether I get a failing grade or a passing grade, I'm going to stay committed and I'm going to finish this out to the end. As opposed to, you know, what most people do, it's like, imagine you never went to college and instead you said, oh, I'm just going to go through. Cause a lot of times you can just literally take all the same courses online at this point, right? Like Coursera, you can literally just take the courses for free right? So there's no financial investment. There's no real commitment. There's no real decision. Ah, let me see how it goes. And you start doing it like, oh, this shit's hard. Forget it. <laughs> right? So you're very conditional. That's how you usually approach your weight loss. It's kind of just like a spur of the moment. Uh, let's see how it goes. Well, I already know how it's going to go. And so do you. It's going to go until it gets hard. Then you're going to stop. 
because there's no real commitment there. There's no real investment of time, energy, or resources, you know? And so again, I, I like the college metaphors. I think it's pretty apt that how you approach weight loss, it's like, well, let's see how it goes. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's see if I follow the diet this time. Let's see if I do it, <laughs> right? That's why one of my key phrases I always say is that action is rewarded. You've got to take action first. No one has ever spontaneously just lost all the weight magically. Do you know what I mean? Like that's never happened. You know, all of a sudden just woke up and you started eating great and losing the weight. You know, you've got to make a decision, a commitment first because it's hard. It's hard, right? I mean, there is no easy way. And that's just another point. You know, that's again, my program is so, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's complex, but it's comprehensive. There is that mindset piece broken down to six categories. There's a lifestyle piece broken down to eight categories. There are the eating blueprints, which are broken into categories and strategies. You know, um, it, it, there is a lot to it. Your weight loss, I always say this, but people think about weight loss like a bank account, credits and debits, but your weight loss is way more like a stock market. There's, there's just so many different factors. It's a systemic, holistic approach where there's all these different things influencing everything else. You know, And again, it can feel overwhelming when you start realizing, oh, it's a lot more than that. But when you have a systemic, a systemic kind of structure to influence it, I always say my programs, it's simple but not easy. Like college, for example, right? College is not easy, but it's simple in the sense that it's kind of laid out for you. You know what I mean? And so if it wasn't, it would feel overwhelming. But because people have laid it out and you have professors and other people kind of going through it with you and kind of helping you through the process, you get through it and you get to the other side and you get that degree. And without the commitment, without the support, without the structure of going through it, you would never do it. You know what I mean? That's why you're never going to go through Coursera and do four years worth of, of studies on Coursera for free. Do you know what I mean? Because the paradigm that you're within is just like, ah, let me test it. Let me see what it's like. And that's what you're doing with dieting. You don't even have the opportunity really to invest in yourself when it comes to weight loss. You know, because please don't go to like some retreat. That's the worst thing you can do because most of your eating is subconsciously driven by environmental cues that you're not aware of. And so you'll go to some two week retreat to learn how to eat all healthy foods and it'll be amazing. And then you'll come back home and all your old triggers will come back and you'll eat just the same way you did. So please never do that. Okay. That's why my program is what I call an at home immersion program. You have to do it in the environment that you live in because you need to change the associations that are triggering your behaviors in the environment that you live in. You know, it's, it's that simple. So yeah, I help people lose weight slowly. That's what I want. Now, some people lose weight quickly. Um, I've noticed a lot of times that this is totally anecdotal. Take it or leave it. I don't know. This is my experience. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I've been doing this for 20 years. But I've noticed that there's something weird that happens. Like a lot of times people will start the process and they'll lose a little bit of weight. But I find that what ends up happening with people I work with is there's a shift that happens. And I always notice it where at first they start, they're very conditional. And so they're like, okay, I'll do this stuff and let me see if it works. And they're noticing on the scale, did the weight come off, did the weight come off? But at some point they're getting all these other benefits because we work on the lifestyle thing. And so all of a sudden, a couple of weeks have gone by and maybe the weight hasn't gone down that much, but they start feeling more energized. They start feeling better about themselves. They feel good because they've got a structure that they're living, right? They're creating this blueprint that's for them. And so now they know they know what's impacting their weight. They know what's impacting how they feel, their energy levels, all of these subtle things they now have a plan for and they're aware of it. And so at some point they say, I want to live like this because it feels incredible. And so that becomes the primary focus. And it's odd that at that point, that tends to be where the weight starts to come off a lot faster. So I don't know. I mean, I have theories about it. You know, I could say, oh, it's hypnosis. And, you know, just that all of a sudden they believe in themselves. And I don't know if that's it. 
It could be cortisol levels that maybe they just relax and buy into it and that helps them lose the weight. I don't know what it is, but it always seems to be this shift that when people are primarily oriented with the weight loss and watching the scale go down, and at some point they all of a sudden start to focus that this feels incredible. I feel really a lot better. I don't even care if the weight comes off. I hear that all the time. And that's a lot of time when the weight starts coming off. So again, I don't know why that is, but but I definitely feel that that is true. Someone says you're really impacting my mindset and I want my health image back. Yeah, of course, right? Um, that's awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I think you could guide me in this journey. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, if you're listening to me, if you're a person who, again, I, I mean, I always say professional success, successful professionals, it doesn't have to be just that. But if you've committed, like I've worked with a lot of like um, successful musicians, dancers, people that have committed to mastering something in their lives. I'm very, I found that they get the best results because they've already got a lot of skill sets that are really useful. They can commit to something. They know what it's like to invest in themselves, the time, energy, and resources to get good at something. They're patient. They're able to see the long-term result. So those people, they take action, you know, all, all these qualities that they have in one area, but they don't know how to map it over to their weight. And so that's the sweet spot for me is I can help those people take those skills that they have in that area and map them over to their weight. Um, if, if a person, they, they struggle in all areas of their lives and never feel like they've been successful in any area, I, I, I have not had a lot of success with that. You know, it's hard for me to make a person successful. It's a lot easier for me to, a person that's got success in some area of their lives to map that over to their weight, you know? So, um, but you know, if you watch the training, if you go watch the video training, you'll get a very clear sense of if I'm a person that can help you. And I lay out the whole program and how I work with people. And, and I think it becomes very obvious. Um, I want to build a lifestyle around health and fitness. Yeah. Yeah, you should. <laughs> All right. There we go. Right. When you build a lifestyle around health and fitness, it's, it's addictive. I had a program once I call it addictive health and, um, it didn't really do too well. I don't think the name was too appealing to people, but I genuinely think to myself, I have an addictive personality. And so I've gone through my life and I have had that addiction with substances that don't make me healthy. Okay. But I've taken that same personality and I've gotten addicted to things that do make me healthy. And so I think being addicted to health, like, like if you took my water away, my sleep away, my salads away, my meditation away, I, I would freak out. I, I would literally, I would have withdrawals. I would freak out. Now I know it's not the same as like drug withdrawals. I, I understand that, but it would, it would be crushing to me. My, my whole life is really like built around these lifestyle habits. And they're these pillars and anchors that keep me grounded in the person I want to be. And anytime I step away from them, even a little bit, I feel a lot worse. So again, th th I don't think just wanting to lose weight is enough because, you know, you could lose weight and still feel miserable. You know, I think the sweet spot is when you feel really amazing, then you naturally, your weight kind of balances out a bit. You know, again, I think if you're overweight, I think a big part of it is that you don't feel good and you're eating away the feeling like crap. You know, I really believe this. And so as you start feeling better naturally, and I mean, probably better than you've ever felt in your life because you've never learned any of this stuff. The lifestyle things I talk about, it's taken me 30 years. I'm on a 30 year path and I just got lucky. You know, my story is I was 50 pounds. I was 19. I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. 54 pounds. Exactly. And I was binge drinking. Uh, I was depressed. I had no idea what I was doing. I was, I was sitting on all the anchor. My, my anger, my father had died. I didn't know how to deal with any of these emotions. And I was lost as all lost can be. You know, I took a semester off from college and it was just a pure miracle. I, I did not, I didn't intend any of this. I'm not some genius who figured this out. I was exposed within a month or two to yoga, hypnosis, 
neurolinguistic programming, Tony Robbins, guitar, and martial arts. And it was like these things almost instantaneously allowed me to transform my life. And I have been on that same path since that those that time, you know, and I'm tweaking and optimizing it. And my, my old path, like I was so excited about the results I got and, and the weight loss was exciting. So that was part of it. But the way bigger part was being able to manage my emotions. You know, I had so much pent up anger for my dad dying that I think was a big part of my all my other struggles, to be honest. But um, it's, it was like this whole process of learning how to live as the best version of me. You know, and so that lifestyle piece to me is really the cornerstone of it. Cause I don't like, I'm not losing any more weight. I mean, I like how I look, it's fine, but it's like, that's not the motivation. The motivation is how much better can I feel? It, it's weird. You know what I mean? As I get older, I keep feeling better and better and better, you know, cause I keep stacking up decades now of drinking enough water, of eating salads all the time, of meditating, of relaxing, of breathing deeply, of getting a lot of sleep. And it's like, it's just transformed. I never knew this stuff was possible. There's very few role models out this in the world, you know? So anyways, yeah, building a lifestyle around your health and happiness, I think is great. So it says, thank you again. Local time here is 10, but we'll connect to your live again inspired. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, still lots to learn. Yeah, again, remember guys, if you want to go get more of this, go, go to my... Um, my bio and click that link or go to my description and watch that training. Go opt in there. Cause like I said, all of a sudden I think immersion is important. And so even for free, I will start emailing you every day, just positive stuff. And, and again, if you don't like it, you can just opt out of it, but I think you'll like it. It's a completely different approach to mastering your weight. It's an inside out approach. It's stuff that no one ever talks about. And so if you're actually interested in losing weight, I think you'll get a lot of value out of it. So I definitely suggest you go opt in, watch the training. And then at the very least, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a bunch of stuff to help you out. The subconscious really has a real grasp of us in our everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. We're all subconscious creatures. You, you are not consciously in control. The equivalent would be, just to prove the point, if you were purely conscious, it would be like, it would be like you were a robot almost, okay? Because if you are purely conscious and you just, every decision you made, you thought about it, evaluated, analyzed it, made the best decision, then you'd have no problem losing weight. It would be like if you were a robot and you programmed in the morning what you would eat and then you just did it, right? So if you logically just made food choices, if that's how you made food choices, you would always make the right food choice because you would know, oh, I'm not gonna eat the cookies, I wanna lose weight. And that would be that. But that's not how it feels, right? <laughs> and so this part of you that's running the show with your subconscious, people have no, they don't even know it exists. And if you don't know something's broken, if you don't know something's there, you can't fix it. You know, so the main challenge you have, the main barrier between you and your goal weight is your subconscious mind and you don't even know it's there and then you have no idea how to influence it. And this is why I don't know how someone, I know spontaneously sometimes people create changes. So I know that happens. I've interviewed them. That's where all my approach comes from. I found people that lost weight and kept it off and I interviewed them in a neurolinguistic programming way to find the, the beliefs and the mindsets they had that got the results. And um, what I come to realize is their subconscious was programmed different, they had different programming in their mind than I had. And so I worked on installing those new programs into my mind because I don't, I don't consciously think about my food all day. I want you to understand that. You think right now your idea in your mind of weight master, of, of losing weight, is there's how you normally eat and then there's forcing yourself to eat a different way. And you think that process is gonna, you have to do that forever in order to manage your weight. You have to consciously be dieting, be hyper aware of everything you're reading, be very, very mindful and intentional. Your brain's not even set up for that. 
And so this idea that you're going to do that forever, it, it's an illusion. You literally can't do it. Your brain, your your willpower is your comes from your prefrontal cortex, the most evolutionary new part of your brain. It's about 10% of your brain. The other 90% is your subconscious mind. You're, you're, that 10% is not going to override your subconscious mind because on, on top of the size discrepancy, there's an energy efficiency discrepancy. So your subconscious mind runs things very energy efficiently. It takes very little energy for you to do what you do, right? So I'll give you an example. For your conscious mind, it takes lots of energy. So an example of using your conscious mind is like doing math problems, right? <laughs> Trying to figure out a math problem. That's a very conscious activity. A subconscious activity is riding a bike, tying your shoes, writing, reading, right? Notice how auto, it's automatic, right? You don't have to think about it. You just do it. Okay, so all the things that you've learned and all the behaviors you have are subconscious programmings that just run on autopilot, take no energy practically, you see? And your conscious mind takes tons of energy to work. And so, again, orienting your weight loss around willpower and consciously choosing all your foods, it's, it's a losing proposition. And so here I am at the exact same weight I've been at pretty much for 30 years, and I don't, I don't think about food. I never diet. I have a structured way of eating that runs on autopilot. That's what I mean when I say my goal for you is to get you to your goal weight and let you live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. That's a big part of the process. I don't want you to diet for the rest of your life to lose weight. You don't want that, you know? So there's a better way. You know, there's a better way to do it. Um, so yeah, all right. I'm going to get the questions. I'm going to quick answers is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do quick answers. <laughs> I promise. Um, Someone says, so exercise is equally important. No, it's not. Um, your eating is, I always say like your eating controls your weight and your exercising controls your shape for whatever that means. But in terms of your weight, you don't have to exercise a lick. I hate exercising. I shouldn't say that. It's a bad, bad hypnotic programming. I like certain exercising. I'm getting better at it every day. Um, but I master my weight almost 100% just based on what I eat. And you can too, because your weight comes down to your caloric deficit primarily. And then those lifestyle factors that are influencing your body. And if you don't like exercising, you do not have to exercise at all. Is it helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Um, building up muscle mass helps burn more calories. Um, but more importantly, it makes you feel better, makes you feel stronger. Um, but the, the main way that I always work on with people to master their weight is to master their eating. Okay. Mathematically, that's the way more effective you get more bang for your buck by mastering your eating than you do trying to exercise off the weight. All right. So very, very important. So exercising is not equally important at all. Um, I was grocery shopping. Now, you know, exercise, I just want to make clear, exercising has other benefits to it. So there's a lot of value to it. But in terms of your weight, you don't need to exercise at all. It, it comes down to what you're putting in your mouth. Calorie deficit. Okay. That's your weight. Um, I was grocery store shopping. Oop, uh, I was grocery shopping strategically placed baked goods by a door. I heard your voice. <laughs> That's awesome. Saying both good and bad and how will I feel in 10 minutes and I chose not to get the baked goods. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. See, notice that difference. See, um, what people try and do is they say, okay, now I want to lose weight. And what they do is they mind, they try and willpower themselves. Nope, nope, nope. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, but you keep trying to base that based on some decision because the further you get away from that decision, what did I say? When do you lose your weight? And tell me this is true or not. Give me hearts. Give me likes if this is true or not. But tell me 95% of your weight loss starts from some spontaneous pain-based motivation experience. Meaning you step on the scale, you see the picture of yourself all of a sudden, you catch your reflection, the clothes don't fit, right? Or you go to the doctor 
And so all of a sudden you have this experience and now you're like, oh my God, and you're freaking out. And that's where you start. You say, that's it. I got to lose the weight. Okay. So that moment happens in time. And then what happens is it's a, it's an endurance test from that moment when you were really, really upset about how you look to how long can you use that willpower and that motivation to say no to the foods. And it's just a matter of time. It's an endurance test. How long can you do it? And that's what most people do. They try and rely on that decision they made a couple days ago when they were really upset, a week ago when they were really upset. And they try and get back to that pain place. Remember how I looked in that picture? Remember how I looked in that? I, I got a, no cookie, no cookie. Remember how bad I looked? Remember how? Remember when I stepped on the scale? Right? And that's your, that's your motivation strategy. Now notice the difference here. What she just said is now all of a sudden, instead of relying on that pain-based decision thing that gets further and further away and weaker and weaker the longer you go, which is why you end up stopping. Because what happens? Think about this for a second. Because you never think about this. You just experience it. And, and we experience life first person. Rarely do we take a step back from our lives and look at it. We will go meta, go above it and look down at it so we can analyze it from a different angle. But what's going on is you run out of willpower somehow. You don't even realize the process. But all of a sudden, your willpower just fades away and you can't say no to the cookies anymore. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, you're eating the cookies again. Okay, but notice what, what Sherry, I believe Sherry, Sherry Lee, um, what she just said, because this is one of the main techniques I teach where you go from con consumption to consequence, because now you're not relying on the decision you made last week because when, when you were really upset. Now you're training yourself to ask a question every time you're going to make a food decision, which sometimes the food decision is I'm at the grocery store. Should I get these cookies? And sometimes the cookies right in front. Of, Should I eat this cookie? Okay, but either way, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I can eat the cookie. And you know, you say, how about I want to lose weight? And you have no way to motivate yourself in that moment. I want you to recognize that you had no way to motivate yourself in that moment, except to try and remember how shitty you felt when you stepped on the scale and you saw your picture, blah, blah, blah. And you try and get back to that pain and it doesn't last and doesn't work long. So now the new alternative is this. You say, I can eat the cookie now and it's going to taste good for sure for a minute or two, five minutes, maybe. And then five minutes from now, 10 minutes from now, I'm going to be discouraged. I'm going to feel frustrated. I'm going to feel like I'm never going to lose the weight. I'm going to feel like an overweight person again. I'm going to reinforce that belief in myself, that self-image. Um, I'm going to have that sugar coursing through my vein. I'm going to spike my glucose levels. I'm going to release a bunch of insulin in my body to fight it. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm, I'm kind of going into it. But if you ask that question in the moment, you don't need to rely on that motivation from last week. You're recreating the motivation in real time. Does that make sense? <laughs> this is really important, you know? And just that one little thing changes the way you eat, right? And it feels good because now you're using your brain in the way that it's meant to be used, you know? This is why understanding your brain, again, not just the conscious subconscious stuff, but your cognitive biases, right? I'll give you, well, I'll skip. I want to get to the questions, but um, that's great. Shirley, awesome job. What would a thin person do? Oops, what would a thin person do has made a big difference in my thinking? Yeah, great, right? That's that question. Right. And that's the difference. One of the biggest difference with my approach to weight loss is most people, you don't realize it, but it's an outside in approach where you're fixated on working out, eating a certain way, changing what you're doing outside of yourself, changing your behavior. And you think that as the weight comes off, you're going to start to change on the inside. And maybe you will, maybe you won't, but it's a shitty way to do it anyways, because what you're doing subconsciously is you're saying, I'm not going to feel confident. I'm not going to feel beautiful. I'm not going to feel good until I lose the weight. You're, you're withholding feeling good until you lose the weight. And then you feel like shit and you never are able to lose the weight. It's a trap, right? And so what I suggest you do is right off the bat, this is that self-image piece because what would a thin person do is powerful, but I'll tell you what's a million times powerful than that is this is why, again, right, 
right as soon as we get past the motivation in my program, we go to the self-image. And this is, I think, the most important part of it all. Because what it does is it changes the entire process. And then you start saying, instead of, this is a switch that happens for people in my program. Instead of saying, what would a thin person do? You start saying, what would the ideal me do? But there's all sorts of context to that because you've gone through and you've created this self-image blueprint of who the best version of you is. And that is a very, very compelling concept to your brain and mind. And it transforms the entire process from one of, this arbitrary, like, because again, think about this. You just think that just losing the weight is going to be this magical, amazing end goal. You know what I mean? It's 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 devo- it's very disembodied. You know what I mean? It's just like this idea, like oh, I'm just going to look different, and that's going to be amazing. It's so there's so little context to it. There's so little meaning to it. It's just a number. It's a number on a scale, a size on the clothes, and you think that's going to change everything and make it amazing, and it's not. And so what you don't realize is that right now, literally right now, at the weight you're at, at the size you're at, you can start to reflect on what is the best version of me? How do I want to feel? When I've been the best in my life, who, who is me at my best? What is my potential? This is really a process of self-realization, self-actualization, personal development. What's the best version of me I can be? You know, Well, that starts by who is the best version of you? What are you capable of? What do you want to do? What's most important in your life? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like getting clear on these things changes the entire process and everything starts revolving around that. But what would a thin person do is a great question. Again, it's the, what would Jesus do? It's elevating your thinking to a higher level. It's changing. You're used to thinking at this normal level that keeps you overweight. It's your overweight thinking. Okay. And so what would the thin me do? What would a thin person do? It's like, yeah, what would Jesus do? It's, a, it's, it's allowing your thinking to elevate and look at things in a different way. And as soon as you do that, you instantly start thinking differently. And as soon as you think different, you feel different. As soon as you feel different, you behave different. And when you behave different, guess what? <laughs> you look different, you get different results in terms of how you feel. Um, what about intermittent fasting? Uh, I like intermittent fasting. You know, I think it's a good one. It's a tactic. I don't think it's enough in and of itself. Okay. Um, but I think I intermittent fast, you know, every day, I never called it that my worst habit was eating at night. And so I really worked on that for a while, got rid of it. And so I would stop eating six, six to seven, probably. And then I eat the next day, seven to eight. So it's 12, 13 hours of not eating. And I think it's wonderful. I think everybody pretty much, and I like to say everybody, cause I, you know, there's always exceptions, but I think for most people taking a, a good 12 hour break from eating is wonderful. Digestion is one of the biggest uses of energy in your body. So it gives your body to truly relax and recover. I used to eat myself silly right before bed. And what happens is my, my body was like running a marathon while I'm trying to sleep. I used to sweat when I was sleeping. I used to have very not deep sleep, you know? And a lot of it is I put all this shit in my body right before I went to sleep. My body had to work through it, you know? So I think when you give your body a break, I think it, it releases a lot more energy and it just feels good. Um, it's better for your, your, you know, your insulin resistance. All, all that stuff improves. Everything's better, I think. So I like intermittent fasting, but I don't think intermittent fasting, it, it's a tactic. You know what I mean? It's one tactic out of hopefully a whole system that you create, okay? In and of itself, that's a, again, it's a step forward, but if it's the only thing you do, you know, again, we're conditioned to think that way, the one thing. That's what the diet mentality is. It's the one thing we're going to change. And rarely is one thing to change going to be enough for you to truly transform yourself. You know, again, I go back to college. It's like, you can't go to college. I mean, even if you wanted to become an accountant, you had to take like other classes to gain context of it. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing with weight. I don't think you just do one thing and just, you know what I mean? And again, that's the idea. There's this idea with weight loss that you just need to change what you're doing. 
People say, I know what I need to do. I just need to do it. Well, think about what you're saying. <laughs> you, you, can't get, you, you can't just do it because you don't know how to get yourself to do it. You know what tactics you should do, but that's, it's like me playing the, oh, I never played the piano, but I know how to play the piano. You just press the keys. You just push the keys down at the right time in the right order. Simple. It's easy. Just boopity boop, you know, right order, right. <laughs> it's like, could I minimize it? Can I make it any, sound any simpler and sound like a clown? Cause it's like, obviously there's way more to it. You have to practice. You have to get in your body. And so, um, you know, it's the same thing here. It's like, you know what to do, but actually doing it consistently, doing it on a relative autopilot, it takes practice and it takes an understanding of kind of the whole system. You know, it's not enough to say, oh, I should do this. And then you're going to do it, you know? So you got to think more, more holistically, I would say. All right. But I, but I like it. I'm in fasting. The best suggestion you gave was to look at what our bodies need rather than eating for pleasure. Oh yeah. That's a good one, right? Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a really good one. Here's another one too. Like again, that, that consumption consequence thing. If you start basing your food decisions, because right now you base your food decisions on how the food's going to taste. And I can tell you the biggest shift in my eating comes from, I think how I'm going to feel after eating. That's my primary orientation. And it's subconscious. I don't have to remind myself to do it. It's automatic now. I've hypnotized myself. I've, and what's hypnosis? Hypnosis is just a process to influence your subconscious mind. That's all it is. You know, you're in hypnosis every time you watch a movie or a TV show where you're just sitting there, you're kind of zoning out. And what are you doing though? What, what's the process that's happening? You're imagining that you're in the show. You're vicariously experiencing the show through your imagination, right? You've got these mirror neurons. When you're watching sports, you're imagining you're one of the players. You're getting a little thrill and experience because your imagination is giving you that. Your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between vivid imagination and reality. This is why when you watch a horror movie, you're nervous. You're in a safe place, but you're, you're nervous and anxious because your subconscious mind is experienced if it were real. And so that is hypnosis, but you don't know how to use it in a positive way to get you the results you want. You know, So all hypnosis is is a process of influencing your subconscious mind, installing programs so that they run automatically. It's kind of a shortcut to doing that. All right. um, Pre-planning a big, healthy, satisfying afternoon snack has made a huge impact. Oh, there we go. Yeah, pre-planning, right? Now, by the way, that's again the hypnosis thing that you're always pre-planning. Your whole life is pre-planned. Your whole life is basically on autopilot and your conscious mind's kind of along for the ride. You're not consciously making every little decision moment to moment mindfully. You basically have pre-planned things and you're going with it. Problem is your pre-planning is keeping overweight, you know? And so you got to recognize that. If you were going to be completely honest, like truly, truly honest, and I said, write down everything you're going to eat tomorrow, like honestly, you know what you're going to eat. You know what I mean? You got to recognize because people, that's one of the the ways people bullshit themselves is they like, well, I don't, I don't want to plan my eating. I, I, was, I don't want to structure my eating. Your eating is already structured. So tomorrow's Thursday. So it's like, I know, oh, tomorrow's the day. Oh, tomorrow's when I go and get the cookie at that place after lunch. Oh, tomorrow's Thursday. That's when I usually stop for my coffee and muffin. <laughs> it's like, you know what you're going to eat. And if you're really honest with yourself, you know the bad things you're going to eat. Even if you're, even if part of your bad eating is the spontaneousness of it, right? The fact that you're not planning anything. You're not planning anything, but that gives you cover for saying, oh, I didn't plan anything. I didn't get anything. I got to eat something. Oh, let me get the, let me get the, the sandwich and the pizza. You know, so, so if you're really honest with yourself, you're always, you're always pre-planned, right? That's why your weight doesn't just keep going up and up and up and up and up, by the way. Notice that your weight is a subconscious number you've chosen, not intentionally, but it's been programmed in there. Don't you notice you hover around the same weight? It doesn't just keep going up. It stays at the same thing, right? That's because it's been programmed into you, you know? And so when you try and change your weight, you're consciously trying to change the subconscious programming. It doesn't work. 
I'm not seeing the link to the 30 minute video on your website. Um, you can go, if you're on TikTok, you can go to, uh, if you, you know, if you sign in on my website, you'll, you'll see it as well, but you can go to program forward slash three, the number steps, S T E P S. And that, that'll bring you to it as well. All right. Um, and if you're, if you're on, um, YouTube or, or TikTok, you can go into my bio and there's a link straight to it. Uh, and if you're on uh, YouTube, you go in the description and uh, you, you'll see it right there. And it'll be there once you, once you get in. And if you can't find it, email me at jim at programyourselfthen.com and, and I'll, I'll shoot you the link. Uh, the Robin Hood method. <laughs> I love the idea and philosophy on it. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. And that's the idea, you know. Um, I lost 10 pounds in the last month on your program, only focusing on eating healthier and moving more. All right. You hear that, everyone? <laughs> right it's like it, i don't know I'm, i'll tell you this right and you, and you got to know this because you know like what you're doing is not working that's one thing you know for sure now i know you say well i don't know what to do i don't believe that but that's okay um but if you just if you're willing i, I the first step's got to be that you got to let go of the i need instant results you you're you're so addicted to that you do not realize it your addiction to getting instant results or it's not worth it is probably the number one thing keeping you trapped from finding other ways, okay? Um, but if you can let that go for a minute and you can let go, okay, so let me tell you the story, right? So there's a story of like the the karate student walks into the dojo and says to the karate master, how long will it take for me to get a black belt? And the karate master goes, it'll take you five years. And so the student goes, well, what if I come in twice a week? And the karate master goes, it'll take you 10 years. And the karate master goes, well, what if I come in every single day? And the karate master goes, it'll take you 25 years, right? So what's this story mean? Because it's very relevant to your weight loss. The idea is that when you're so fixated on the outcome, you don't have any energy left to focus on the process. Right? So if this student is just obsessed with getting the black belt, they're not, they don't have any energy left to learn all the things they need to learn to get the black belt. Do you see what I mean? And so you're so obsessed on losing the weight that you never just commit that energy to mastering the basics of mastering your weight. And ironically, it's a lot easier. Okay. And so as this person just said, they lost 10 pounds in the last month, focusing on eating healthier and moving more, moving more, not exercising crazy. I know they're not because I don't, I don't suggest that eating crazy or, or working out crazy, by the way, let me just share this real quick. Cause I know you've experienced this. You know, when you start exercising a lot and you, you're, you're burning a lot of calories and you're exercising, but then you eat too much, right? There's two things going on. When you focus on exercising to lose the weight, the first thing is it takes lots of energy and you're very bad at estimating how many calories you burned and how many calories you eat. So almost when you're focused on exercising the weight away, almost every time you're going to overeat more, you're going to eat and make up for the things that you lost. Okay. The second thing is something called the licensing effect. Okay. This is another cognitive bias that when we take a lot of action exercising, we say to ourselves, okay, now I can eat whatever. Right. And again, our bad estimation, we, we underestimate, you know, we overestimate how much we worked out and calories we burned, and then we underestimate how much we're eating. So again, focusing on a lot of working out is usually a poor strategy, but yeah, eating healthier, it's great. And again, eating healthier when you've tried to eat healthier in the past, again, it's probably very conditional. All right, I'll eat healthy as long as the scale starts going down, right? And then the second the scale doesn't start going down, you have screw this eating healthy stuff, you know? So again, your motivation's so weak. It's so flimsy because you, you'll only do it. You're very conditional. All right, I'll eat healthy, but the scale better come down. That's a problem too, by the way. When your main motivation is the scale, 
what happens to your brain is you literally start zooming into the scale and you lose the context of how much you're actually losing. I've had people that they'll like lose two pounds a week and they're saying, I'm not losing fast enough. You see, when the only focus becomes the scale moving, you, you lose perspective, right? And you start, you don't, you stop realizing, you know, how much you're actually succeeding and you lose sight of that. And so it's very easy to get discouraged when you're so fixated on the number coming down. All right. So again, the, the secret is start focusing on the process. The more energy you can put into the process, the more you're, you're automatically affecting the outcome. Now, I like going to the outcome too. I think that's useful. A lot of my sessions, you've seen that, right? You go into waking up tomorrow in your goal body and your dream body. There, there's a value to that. So let me back this up because a lot of law of attraction stuff. Let me speak to that for a second. I think law of attractions, it's okay in the sense that I, I do value the idea of really putting yourself into that space and that mindset. I already have it. I got it. Okay, great. I like that part. I don't think that's enough. I definitely don't think it's enough with your weight loss. Okay. Because I think the secret, what you have to do as well and more, I believe, I believe more than just putting yourself into the final outcome and goal. I think what's more important is training yourself to do the things that are going to get you to your outcome and goal. I hope that makes sense. Again, it's the process. So in my, when I teach people to program yourself in technique, it's really, there's, there's a bunch of stuff kind of embedded into it. But one of the key reasons I do that is it allows you to get good at doing the things that get you the outcome you want. I don't think just wanting the outcome is enough. You have to get the strategies that are going to get you to the outcome. And then you have to want to do the strategies that get you to the outcome. Okay. And so I think that's a big part of the process. A lot of attraction, I think, misses. I don't think it's enough to just say, I'm thin, I'm thin, I'm thin. I think it's nice and it's a good way to motivate yourself and kind of connect to that. So I like using that. But, but in my program, I use it very strategically so that you're connecting to the outcome, but you're simultaneously bringing that out outcome and that feeling into the day-to-day things you need to do to get that outcome. So again, my process, I've been working with people for 20 years. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss, sessions, weight loss sessions. To me, what I'm doing is all built around practicality. And I fill a very unique space. I tell the story all the time. I did an interview series years ago called The Elite Body. And I interviewed some of the top fitness trainers and nutritionists on the planet. And one of them was Craig Ballantyne. He, he did turbulence training, which was one of the top programs at that time. And I remember saying to him, what do you do with clients that aren't motivated? And he's like, what? And I was like, well, well they're not motivated. How do, you, how do you get them motivated? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, what's going on here? And he goes, when they come to me, they're motivated. And I was like, what, the, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like my, my job is I'm getting people that aren't motivated and getting them motivated. You know what I mean? And so I realized like in the weight loss world, that is like the missing piece. Very few people are showing you, they're telling you what to do, right? So pretty much every weight loss plan out there saying, eat this, work out this way, do these things. But they're never showing you how do you get yourself to do them day in and day out? How do you do those things consistently enough to actually get the results? And that's to me the big hole in pretty much everyone's weight loss strategy. And that's literally what I've been obsessed with is how do you get inside a person's head so that they do the things they already know they should do. And I feel like that is a, it's, it's an un, no one's doing that. I, I, you know what I mean? Like no one's really teaching that. So that's the key part. Someone says that I like your program is oriented that way and you should say it louder more often. <laughs> I was under the impression that your program was aimed to lose weight fast and I was worried. Oh, interesting. Um, that's why I had asked. Yeah, I, I mean, I have nothing against fast weight loss, but it's not my preference, you know, because I don't even want weight loss to be the primary focus. I know you're not happy with what I'm saying there, but to be honest, in my, even in my private coaching, when I'm coaching people, and in my program, I coach people too, by the way, there, there's two calls a week where I, I literally work with you. 
Um, and I think that's a nece necessary part. Just like in college, I think you need to have the professors helping move you through the process, you know? But um, one of the key things is that it's rarely about the weight loss because I don't want people fixated on the scale, right? Which isn't to say like, I'm also a big proponent of weighing yourself every day, <laughs> but but I don't think the weight loss should be the primary factor. I think, I always say this, that, that weight loss really ought to be the secondary effect, you know? Um, that feeling great, feeling healthier, being the best version of you is really the primary focus and the weight loss comes after, you know? So that's how I think and feel about it, you know? Because again, the weight loss is only, it's a, just a phase. You're going to lose the weight and then what? You know, so right off the very, the very first moment we worked together, you're hearing embedded in how I'm speaking. The very first thing I'm talking about is who do you want to be, right? How do you want to, who, who do you want to live as on this planet in this life you have, the short life you get to live that I hope will make longer by making you healthier. But however long you get to live, who do you want to live as? What's the best version of you? How can we get you to be that person? Because the more you're that person, the easier it is to control your weight. You know, they kind of go hand in hand. You see? So it's, it is a little bit, I'm using the magician's trick, but in a positive way. You know, I, I'm, I'm getting you fixated on being the person you want to be. And what ends up happening almost guaranteed through that process is you want to start eating better. So much of your unhealthy eating is because you don't feel good physically, mentally, or emotionally. And, and it's not feeling good physically, mentally, and emotionally that is driving a lot of your overeating. It's driving your emotional eating. You, you see? It's not that you don't know what to do. It's that you get into a state where you don't give a shit what you do. You may hate your body, right? You may hate yourself for keeping the weight on. And if you hate yourself, you want to punish yourself subconsciously. You see? So again, understanding your subconscious mind, it, it, it lays bare why you're doing what you're doing. It ain't rocket science. It's just that you never pay attention to this. You think you're a conscious person. You say, why don't I do what I should do? I know what to do. How come I'm not doing it? What's wrong with me? And you're obsessed with these questions, trying to figure out what's wrong with you. And you are missing the entire point that you have a subconscious mind that's not trying to keep you overweight. It's just doing what it has been programmed to do. And it has gotten no new healthy programming in it. So once you change that programming and you change it, I believe the, the, the core of it, this, the bullseye of my process is your self-image, becoming the person you want to be, you know? And what this means is even your motivation, like, so, so what you try and do with your weight loss is you try and, you try and make it more important. And you say, oh my God, look at the scale. Oh my God, look at me in this picture. Oh my God, look, look at my reflection. I didn't realize I was this big. I've got to lose the weight. Right. And so now you try and I've got to make weight loss more important. I've got to do it that I cannot look like that. I have got to make this more important. Right. And you're trying to make weight loss more important and it's not to you and it's never going to be because weight loss in of itself doesn't mean anything. Your brain doesn't even want you to lose weight. Do you understand that? It's evolved over millions of years in a food scarce environment. This is why a cookie tastes it's like a cookie feels good at, compared to a carrot. Why do you know why you should know this? right? It's because when you eat a cookie, your brain releases dopamine. Dopamine makes you want to do things. So when you eat a cookie, your, your brain's like, whoa, oh, a cookie. Well, why does it do that with a cookie and not a carrot? Because the cookie has a lot of calories in it. And so your brain has evolved in a food scarce environment. So when you came across calories, there were no cookies. When you came across fruit, when you came across you just ate, but now you just see an animal that you could shoot and kill. Your brain says, let's eat it. Let's eat it while we can. Because eating more food in a food-scarce environment led to higher rates of survival. Well, here you go. Now you got this brain <laughs> that wants you to eat more and more calories because it thinks there's not enough food. 
but it doesn't know we're surrounded by food. Okay. So it's like, you need to understand what your brain's natural motivations are so you can be strategic with your weight mastery, you know? And so we can't just want to lose weight. And that's what you keep trying to do. Oh, I want to lose weight. Now it's really important to me. Now I'm really, I saw that picture of myself and I looked really big and now I'm really care about my weight. (laughs) And then you try You try and hold on to that as best you can, you know, but it doesn't last because there's no motivation there to lose weight. So what do we have to do? We have to be, we have to be sneaky and we have to say, okay, what's really motivating to me? Well, let's think, and it's different for different people. This is part of the process, but let's just say, for example, that your most important thing in your life is your kids, right? Say you being a parent is the most important thing in your life. Okay. So now what we want to do is we want to weave this process around what's already important to you, right? Being a parent or being a partner or whatever is most important to you, your job, your kids, your partner, your family, your friends, whatever. It's usually a relationship. Whatever is the most important thing to you. Guess what? It's going to be the most important thing to you for the rest of your life. So you don't have to make it the most important thing. It's a way easier process to take the thing that's already important to you and motivating to you and wrap the weight loss around that than it is to try and now weight loss is the most important thing to me. You know, that doesn't last. It's not, not important to you. And so we take the most important things, we wrap the weight loss around that. So, so that's very important. So that's why the weight loss really is secondary. No doubt about it. That would differentiate you between the gimmicky programs and your own program. Oh yeah. My, my program is, <laughs> my program is, I will say this confidently. My program is the least gimmicky program that I've ever seen. I mean, it is, it's intense. That's, I, I say it's intense because I don't want you to think like, oh, this is, oh, I'm just going to hypnotize you and you're going to lose the weight. Nope. It's like a college course that's compressed in eight weeks and it's a 60 page workbook and it's, it's a challenge to fill it out. But once you have it, <laughs> you've got this personalized roadmap. It's like a golden ticket. Here you go. Now you can be happy and healthy and live at the goal weight you want to live at easily. You know, now I say easily because that, that's the process. That's where you get to. And it is easy when you're aligned motivationally. Cause here's the thing, right? So let me just point this out right now. What's happening is There's a lot of things, but this is another one. You're incongruent. And what that means is consciously you want to lose weight and subconsciously you do not want to lose weight. And this not wanting to lose weight could come in any number of forms. Some of the common ones, uh, I want to lose weight, but I'm worried about the loose skin. And so the loose skin is a big enough fear that you don't want to lose the weight because losing weight's hard. And so you're like, do I really want to go through all the trouble so I can just have loose skin and look worse than I do? That's what you're thinking subconsciously. Or you might think, I want to lose weight consciously, but I'm kind of worried about the attention from men and I don't want to deal with that. It was horrible back then and I don't want to deal with that now. Okay. And so it becomes a subconscious desire to not lose weight. Right. And there's, there's a million of these things that are, that are flowing around. You weigh what you want to weigh short of having some real extreme metabolic disorder. You weigh what you want to weigh, which is to say that you don't really want to lose weight. You wish you'd lose weight, but you don't want to do it. And so you got to clarify that before anything. That's why the motivation piece is the number one starting point in my program. Then, then the self-image piece. Um, but yeah, at least gimmicky thing, I think. Um, love the college analogy. Please refer to that in each of your lives. Powerful. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, let me know what you find powerful. I will say that. And I think that college thing is so important because it's like with the weight loss thing, you're trapped. There's no other way of thinking about it. Even the biggest loser is a big hypnotic trance of just losing weight fast, you know? And so I'm way more about losing weight long-term. And so again, that, that college level commitment, I think is what's necessary. Um, and by the way, it's like you're, you're, you're way underestimating what you need to do to lose the weight anyways, 
you know, um, which is causing you to underestimate the resources you're going to need to make this happen. And, and the amount of energy and commitment and time and effort, you know, it's a lot more than you think. And I know that's discouraging to you when you hear me say that because you're so fixed on just quick, getting quick results. But it's like if you could commit for a year to really mastering your weight, you'd have it licked. To a certain degree, I mean, there's always optimization and tweaking, but a, a year of really focusing on really mastering your weight brings you a completely different spot where you never have to worry about it again. You're always managing it, but it's like you don't have to worry about it. Right now, you have no idea how to lose weight. If you're really honest with yourself, you have no idea. And you keep saying, well, I know what I got to do. I just got to do it. That is bullshit. You don't know what to do because if you can't get yourself to do it, then you don't know what to do. You do what you know. <laughs> and what you know is you know how to eat like an overweight person and you know how to think like an overweight person who knows what they should do. I always tell this, that the guy who taught me the most about diets growing up when I was growing up, he, he knew every single diet cause he tried every single diet. He was a 400 pound comedian who was in a wheelchair cause he got so big he couldn't even walk. He knew every single diet and diet philosophy ever. He always talked to me about them, you know, but he couldn't get himself to do them consistently. You see, so knowing what you should do again, it's like, I go back to the writing with your hand, you know, everything you need to know about writing, but you can only do it with one hand because you've only learned how to do it with one hand. So knowledge does not equal doing. So if your your weight really reflects what you know and how much you want to be at that weight, you know, and I don't, I don't, I'm not saying this to be rude and I hope it doesn't come off that way. I just want to be honest with you because no one's ever honest with you when it comes to weight, you know, and, um, it's 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 a nightmare because it's it's literally but it's a medical condition your weight is a literal medical condition it's like smoking cigarettes it's it's that dangerous it's gonna lower your lifespan and it's gonna reduce the quality of life while you're living those years and i, I don't say that to be rude i say it because i think it's true um how do you feel about calories and macros I'm going to assume you mean like counting them i think it's fine as i again i like i like automated weight mastery. Okay. So I don't, I don't track or count any calories. I don't measure anything, but I do think that for most people, it's an important phase. I went through it. I had to calibrate your bad. If you've never measured food or having a sense of it, you're bad at estimating food amounts, serving sizes, what you're consuming guaranteed. You just have to assume that. And so I do like counting calories, counting macros, measuring your food for like a couple days just to get a ballpark to calibrate. Am I close? Was I accurate? Was I way off? I think it's helpful to know that, you know, so you have a starting point of where you're at. Um, but I don't like the idea of counting calories. Again, think about it. Counting calories, counting macros. It's a micromanagement approach, right? It's that very willpower, very like, I'm going to consciously change my weight. And that's not how your brain's designed. So I like doing it as a way to calibrate yourself, but then I always want to optimize around just doing something automatically, making it as easy as possible. You know, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of making things as simple as possible. And so I don't find ca counting calories all the time to be simple. All right. Um, I make all the right choices in the day and at night is a mess. The waking up to eat. Oh, okay. Waking up to eat. Yeah. That, that waking up to eat thing is something else, huh? Um, you know, I, I will, I'll just say this, all the right choices during the day, make sure it's all the right choices during the day. One of the big things I find with people is they tend to zoom in to where their problem is. And so the kind of cliche I always talk about is that someone will say, well, you know, can you help me? Everything's going great during the day. And then the afternoon and night come and I, I overeat everything. I said, well, what are you eating for breakfast and lunch? They go, nothing. 
And I said, well, what do you want to do for afternoon dinner? I want to eat nothing there too. <laughs> I said, well, okay, there's your problem, right? It's like you have to look, a lot of times zooming out and looking at the bigger picture of your eating is very, very informative because you start to realize like how you're eating over here a lot of times was created by what you did over here. You see, so again, without knowing all the details, the night eating, a lot of times that's what's going on during the day. Um, and that night eating thing is, is, is a little bit of a challenge. So I'm going to, I'm going to move past that, but that's what I'll suggest to you is again, you're, you're saying all the right choices, identify what those are, make sure that's true. Um, now the rest of it, what's your opinion on bariatric surgery? Uh, you know, it is what it is. And I, I don't have a problem with it. I guess ultimately, as long as it's a last resort, you know, I, I feel the same thing with medication. Uh, you know, here's the thing with bariatric surgery is that one thing to remember, and they've gotten better at it, so there's a lot of therapy that goes with it now a lot of times, but a lot of times with bariatric surgery, you have to lose the weight first till you can get it. You know, you gotta lose 20, 30 pounds first. And I've worked with a lot of these people. You know, I say, well, I'll help you lose the weight, but we at least keep open the idea that if you lose the weight and I help you do it, that you consider that maybe you lose all the weight this way, you know? Because even with the bariatric surgery, the lap band, it's like you ultimately still gotta deal with the same stuff. You know, yeah, it, it, initially it forces everyone to change their eating and to lose weight, okay? But what ends up happening, first of all, bariatric surgery with the bypasses, it's um, 25% of people become alcohol addicted, right? And, and so what ends up happening is there's a phrase called dry drunks, right? And, and so it's kind of an offensive term, I suppose, um, but it's, it's meant for alcoholics that just stop drinking cold turkey because they never deal with the underlying things that cause the alcoholism in the first place, right? And so that's what I think of a lot of times with the, the lap band or the bariatric surgery stuff, that it's, it's a lot of times not getting to the deeper core reasons why it exists in the first place, okay? However, if someone really, they try everything, they can't do it, you know, it can be that, that jolt, you know, to get them to change. But again, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to deal with the mindset piece and how you think about food and how you live regardless, you know, um, because people, lots of people get the surgery and you know, what happens is, you know, you know this, right? It shrinks the stomach in some form or another. It, it makes the stomach a lot smaller. And so you can't eat as much. But what people do is just start eating all day long, you know? Um, so, so there's always some work that has to be done. And it's a very expensive, painful ordeal, you know? So again, as a last resort, you know, I guess it's better than not having it. And then um, it wouldn't be my first choice. All right. Um, so let's see here. Couple more questions. Someone says, what would the ideal me do? Just gave me chills and brought tears to my eyes. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's the point of it. You know, it's an amazing question. I'm telling you, that's where, that's where, like I said, the first part of my program is the motivation. And then it's that self-image piece because it's so important because it informs everything you're doing moving forward. It's what makes, it's what gives the whole process more meaning than just losing weight. You know, so I'm glad you, you get a sense of how important that is. Very, very powerful. Someone says, I'm so tired of being chubby. Your insights are helpful, but what else can a person do? Um, yeah, you know, okay. So even being chubby, let's talk about that for a second. So being chubby doesn't mean much to your mind. Again, your brain wants you to be chubby. Do you know what I mean? Like, like your brain wants you to be chubby because that's extra padding to be for, for having extra energy in case there's a famine. <laughs> you know, your brain just wants you to be overweight so you have extra padding. So not wanting to be chubby doesn't mean much to your mind. I would start to look at the deeper things, the mental consequences of being chubby, the emotional consequences of being chubby, the physical consequences of being chubby. Because chubby's kind of a loose, you know, I know I know you don't like it and I get it. I and mean, we all know what chubby means, but chubby's kind of like, hmm. let me give you an example. 
the thing with the weight that's interesting is that it comes on a pound at a time. And so typically people habituate to it a pound at a time. And so everyone knows, I know I'm tired of being chubby. I know that you feel the pain of the weight. I get that. But you're feeling the pain of the weight, almost like you've got a backpack that's filled with bricks and it's heavy and you're like, oh, I don't like this weight. I don't like it. So I know you feel the pain, but you're feeling it kind of chronically. It's a dull, achy, heavy pain. So it's not good but it's not the pain that's gonna get you to take action either. So one of the first things you need to do, this is the motivation piece. And my, my motivation piece, by the way, it's, it's, I call it the motivation matrix. The level one is pain and pleasure, using them very, very strategically, intentionally to get you to take action. The other part is intrinsic, extrinsic, which is really the science of motivation. But so instead of feeling the pain like a heavy backpack, like this heavy plodding heaviness, you wanna take that pain and sharpen it up to like the point of a knife. Because when you get poked with a sharp point of a knife, you quickly take action to fix it. And so saying I'm tired of being chubby is kind of like that, that heavy backpack. You've been tired of being chubby for decades probably, okay? And it's not enough to motivate you to take action. That use the word chubby is minimizing the real effect of it. And so one way to sharpen that pain up is to, again, recognize the mental, emotional, and physical costs, consequences of living in a way that's making you chubby, and so the mental piece is how you think about yourself and how you talk to yourself. We all have an internal dialogue, right? We're all our own best or worst hypnotists because we're all up in our head talking to ourselves constantly. And so what we say to ourselves has a huge impact on what we do and what we do has a huge impact on what we say to ourselves. So if you magically begin to take control of your eating and your lifestyle and you slim down, your internal dialogue becomes a lot more positive. You know, again, that's a big part of what I teach because this is constantly at you or helping you, you know, and people take, you've, you've spent no time influencing your sub, your internal dialogue, right? And so you're at the mercy of the people you grew up around mostly. And unfortunately, another one of those cognitive biases I was talking about is we all have a negativity bias, right? So if a hundred people say something positive of us and one person says something negative to us, guess what we remember, right? So again, this is an evolutionary thing. It was more important to remember where the lion was as opposed to where the beautiful flower was. So we all have a negativity bias. And so we tend to have an internal dialogue that's very negative. And it's usually based on a parent or someone we grew up with. And it's their negative voice when they would yell at us or say mean stuff to us. And now we internalize that to some degree. And that's the voice that's running us. Okay. So being chubby is a minimized way. It's a soft way of what's actually going on here. So I would notice mentally, how do you talk to yourself? How do you think about yourself? Okay, because being chubby has other effects. It probably means that you think that you're lazy or that you have no willpower, you have no control over your weight and you feel powerless. Okay, so your self-image, your identity. Chubby is a, is a soft way to put a lot meaner things that you're saying most likely in your head about how you think about yourself. So you want to identify those. Okay. Emotionally, this one's the easiest one. What emotions are you feeling for me, Chubby? I feel depressed. I feel frustrated. I'm angry. I'm pissed. I'm, well, there's a whole, again, one of the things I do, I have a whole list of emotions, positive and negative ones that kind of identify the emotions that you're habitually living and experiencing because of the food decisions you're making that are impacting your weight. Now, notice what I'm saying. I'm talking about the food decisions. I'm not talking about the weight, right? Because when you just fixate on the weight, it's a way of disassociating yourself from what's actually creating the weight. It's your eating. It's your consistent eating that's creating the weight. So stop saying, oh, I got to change my weight to feel better. That, that's, it, it confuses your mind. You have to start saying, I have to start eating differently. I feel depressed and angry and pissed myself, not because I'm overweight. I feel pissed myself because I keep choosing the wrong foods. 
You see, that's something you control. Your weight is an effect, you know, cause and effect. Your weight is an effect. What you're eating and how you're living is the cause. So another way to put that is your weight is a reflection. You can't change the reflection other than changing what is being reflected. You know, I, I don't. This is, I don't know if this is complex stuff or not, but it, it's important to your subconscious mind because when you say weight, it's a level of you're giving up your power a little bit, right? And so when you start focusing on the, how I eat, you know, I feel depressed and angry and pissed because of how I choose to eat all the time. That's very clear to your mind. Okay. And then there's the physical cost. And so I don't know where you're at with your physical cost, but again, it goes from some people having type two diabetes, high blood pressure, risk of heart attack to more mild things of potentially having type two diabetes to being really tired to my knees hurt to, I have no energy. You know what I mean? So it's again, it's getting clear on those. And that's what I would suggest you do right now, because that will get you in a more accurate way of thinking about this thing. And it'll probably give you a lot more motivation. All right. Um, but that's what I would suggest. So what about journaling and writing down what you eat every day? Yeah, I think journaling's great. And I think writing down what you eat every day is good for a little bit. But again, it's micromanaging the whole thing. Now, again, in my, I use the program yourself thin technique. It's a self-hypnosis technique that I teach people. It's a two-minute technique people use at night. And part of it's the redo technique and the rehearsal technique. Part of that redo technique is kind of reflecting on what you did all day. Because a lot of people, when they struggle with their weight, they get good at ignoring everything they did. And they don't even know what they ate. And if you don't know what's broke, you can't fix it. Okay, so I like writing down what you eat every day, um, but I would rather you get good at just, we we call it recapitulation. I'd rather you get good at recapitulating what you ate just in your head, okay? And you do that in two ways. One is you start structuring your eating more, so there's there's more kind of stability and structure to it, so you know what that's going to be. And so when you eat something outside of that, it stands out more, and you're more aware of it. So again, I would rather journaling and writing everything down as a more conscious approach and it's better than not doing it, but I'm always orienting to making it automatic. How can I subconsciously get myself to automatically track what I'm eating and know what I'm eating? But but that first process of gaining awareness is important. But I would look at it as kind of an initial phase just to calibrate myself, to gain my awareness, see where I'm at with it. Some people are really bad. They don't remember anything they ate all day. Someone said, when you're fixated on the process, you don't have energy to focus on the process. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. When you're when you're fixed on the outcome, when you're fixed on the outcome, you don't have energy to focus on the process. I'm obsessed with processes. Okay. And I think that that, that has served me very well. Um, I'm obsessed with processes and I have faith that if I fix those processes, my outcome is going to become what I want it to be. But I put almost a hundred percent of my energy into the processes. All right. Um, what do you think about free days? Like one a week? Yeah, I love free days. So part of my eating blueprint that I take people through is you got to structure your eating. I think you have got to structure eating. I have a rule that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. The one exception is structuring your eating. I've never seen anyone lose weight and master their weight without structuring it. You need that. Um, and so, yeah, what I do is I suggest to people, now again, you pick the days how you want to do it, but me personally, I do five days of clean eating where the intention is to eat clean, which doesn't mean I eat clean. Okay, but that's the intention and I get as close to that as I can. And then I have two days where I, I call it foot off the gas days, um, planned imperfection, but those are really clean eating. I, I choose foods as much as I can that are going to nourish my body. So the focus is what's nourishing me. On the weekend, I'm more oriented to what I enjoy eating. And I think having both of those is crucial. Okay. I think variety is important. And so the, the, the best way for me to get through the clean eating days is knowing that I got those other days at the end of it. I can't tell you the number of times. The, the quickest way to ruin my eating would be to say, no more off days that you're just 100% on. And, and that, that messes with your head in a lot of ways. I'm not going to go into now. But yeah, so I'm a big fan of a free day. 
Definitely. I like that word too, free day. What kind of meditations do you recommend? Um, simple ones. Simple, simple, simple. Um, so I would start if you've never meditated before, I would just start with a minute, literally a minute. You will be shocked at how good you can feel with a minute. I do this all the time. I did it just yesterday with my um, the coaching group and my program is we took a minute. I set a timer and um, set a minute. We just sat quietly and it was amazing, you know, how good you can feel in a minute. So start simple. And so what do you do? You just close your eyes. Closing your eyes and staying awake is a rare state of mind for people, you know, other than meditation and visualization and prayer, rarely do people do it. But it's amazing because 75% of your brain is dedicated to visual stimuli. So as soon as you close these eyeballs up, you free up a lot of mental energy. You know, and, and it just makes you more aware of all sorts of things. So, yeah, I'd start with a minute. Just close your eyes um, and just relax your body. Relax your stomach, chest, shoulders. Breathe more fully. And that's it. That's all you do. Um, in a minute, it's, it's kind of easy to do. If you start getting caught in thoughts, just bring your attention back to your relaxation and breathing. And before you know it, the minute will be over and you'll feel great. Then once you do that, you can move on. And there's obviously more advanced meditations. But I meditate all the time, and that, that's basically mine. I like... I'm not getting into it. There is more depth to it, but, but that one minute meditation, and that's what I teach. That's one of the things that's an example, by the way, when I talk about the eight habits, it's about making it practical. You know, people tend to, and especially Americans, we want to go all the way to the expert level because we want, we're just impatient, want the fastest results. But I have a saying in my program, we want consistency over intensity. People, when it comes to change, they just go straight to the intensity and then they can't be consistent. <laughs> consistency is going to serve you way better than intensity. Well, all right. And that goes for meditation as well. Do you recommend listening to hypnosis statements while sleeping to change subconscious mind? Um, I think listening to, I, I, so I have this in my program that I call them sleep gnosis sessions that you listen to as you go to sleep. Once you fall asleep, there's no evidence that those hypnosis suggestions make any lick of difference. However, when you go from being awake to going asleep, you pass through a hypnagogic state. You know, you know that feeling of when you're lying down, but you feel like you're falling asleep right? That's a transition from going from your conscious, logical, aware mind to your subconscious dream, surreal mind, which is imagination based. And so I'm a big fan of giving myself suggestions through that process because, you know, I might be getting a suggestion at that moment and says, oh, you know, and you, you love eating salads and, and vegetables. And as I, as I fall into that very imaginative state, and now I might imagine myself just eating vegetables like I'm eating a Sunday, you know what I mean? Like you just never know. So I'm a big fan of listening to it while I fall asleep, but listening to like an eight hour session that's just going probably isn't going to make much difference for you. Um, th that's my, my thought on that. Um, what about thyroid issues? Thyroid issues. Yeah. Okay. So menopause, thyroid issues, metabolic disorders. I get this all the time and I know that makes it harder to lose weight for you. You can't lose weight as quickly as you used to, but I'm a believer and take this or leave it, but I'm a big believer that a lot of times what those issues reveal is an unhealthy lifestyle more often than not. And so if you have thyroid issues, menopause, metabolic issues, um, I think more than ever, you need to really fixate on the lifestyle issues because truthfully, you don't know how much is the thyroid, how much is the hormones, how much is the metabolism until you clean up your lifestyle, you know, and then you can start making a more informed decision to be more aware of what actually is going on. Okay. And my whole career has been built on helping women in their forties, fifties, and sixties lose weight. Okay. So I can only tell you what I've seen with my own eyes. So this idea that menopause prevents weight loss, I just have not seen that to be true. It may not be as easy and you might have to adopt a more holistic approach. Um, but I have never seen a menopausal woman not be able to lose weight. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, maybe it exists, but, but that's my thoughts on that. 
I lost 40 pounds and maintained it for three years on keto, but when pandemic came, attitude changed. Yeah, the, the pandemic thing's real. It's a real deal. And so a lot of people were reprogrammed during the pandemic in an unhealthy way. And you need to reprogram yourself to get back on track with the health stuff. So that's a common thing. Um, what I would suggest to you is you're, you're starting off in a better position because you have somewhat recent weight loss. So you have a sense of what works for you and what doesn't. What I would suggest to you here, this happens to a lot of people with the all or nothing mindset. When we think of things as an all or nothing way, one of the subconscious troubles with that is as soon as we get off track, we feel like we got to get all the way back to all, which is a huge difference. So sometimes you may want to be all, but what you could do is start making some small systematic changes that are more keto-ish, you know, and start playing with that gray space just initially, because you might be struggling to get yourself motivated to go all the way to where you were. Okay. And so again, because most people think an all or nothing, you know, recognize that you've got that middle ground you can play with. And so you can start becoming keto-ish and doing some of those things and um, see if it starts to trigger your, your old mindset. Free day, good or bad? Yeah, good. I, I like a free day. I like two good, I like two free days. Now, again, what happens is because I structure these, so every week of the month, I have five days on, two days off every, every single week. Now, there's two really important benefits to this. One is, again, the way our brain works, having those free days is really important to my motivation because I can eat really clean those five days because I'm looking forward. And what that means neuroscientifically is that I'm releasing dopamine. Dopamine is really mostly, dopamine's a salesperson. You have more wiring in your brain for seeking out food than you do. You have more, low battery thing. You have more wiring in your brain to anticipate pleasure than you do to actually receive pleasure while you're eating it. Okay, think about this. In the natural world, it took more energy to get the food and less energy once you had it to eat it. So the dopamine really is kicking around when you're considering what you're going to eat. Now, I could talk about this for hours. This is why structuring your eating is so crucial. But being able to say, oh, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to eat clean now because I know this weekend I can eat what I want. What that does is it releases some dopamine in your brain and that helps you eat clean. When as soon as you say, I can't have any of that food, I'm never going to eat cookies again, the dopamine levels drop all the way to the floor. You feel completely deprived and it's very unlikely you're going to continue. So free days, I think, are, are crucial. And the second reason I think free days are so crucial the number one skill of mastering your weight is not being perfect. It's being able to get back on track fast when you make a mistake. And you're always making mistakes. So you need to get good at getting back on track. And so by having five days on, two days off, I'm looking at it this way, but if we flip that around, then you have two days off and five days on. Every single week, I am practicing getting back on track on Monday. Think about that. Right. And so I get off track randomly throughout the year, just spontaneously, but I'm really good at getting back on track now. That, that's a really important skill, you know, because again, as you expend your time frame, you stop thinking about just weight loss this week, this month. I always say people usually think about their weight loss in terms of weeks, months, and not years, <laughs> days, weeks, and months. Right. And um, I think about my weight loss in terms of years, decades, and forever. You know, so my time frame is way longer. And so I'm able to rely on averaging out. And so um, I don't have to be perfect. If I make a mistake, it's not the end of the game for me. It's just, I'll just correct it quickly. And it's not gonna make any difference because I'm thinking in long time periods. I can't tell you how important that is. Um, I spend more time camouflaging myself than creating healthy habits to lose weight. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, that's a common thing, right? And so that's what I'm trying to say. That's why I do these TikToks. That's why I've reoriented everything. So I just want to share this stuff with you because... Um, it's a lot of obvious stuff. I'm not, 
I'm, I'm teaching you some stuff, I'm sure. But more often than not, I just want to point out things that you can just recognize. And now you can say, oh, oh, no wonder I'm doing that. But yeah, you spend more time camouflaging yourself and kind of dealing with the effects of it than just curing it and fixing it. You know, um, and that's common, you know. Let's see. Free day, good or bad. One free day or meal a week, good or bad. Um, yeah, I like free day. I like two free days. Um, one, I think one meal a week is too little, personally. That's me, though. Again, you have to always base everything off yourself. Um, but I need more time, you know, for me personally. I have from Friday night really to Sunday night, you know, and then I get back on track. Now, now I want to be clear. Because that's my structure, okay, what has happened is I've optimized that the free time. I've, I've made it better. I'm still enjoying the food, but I've also added some healthy things and I don't go crazy on that time anymore. And I'm even better now than I used to be and I'll continue to get better. So it feels good. But I feel good about that way of looking at it. It feels very balanced to me. Um, I don't have words to thank you for what you're doing here. You're helping so many people. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's my point. I'm really glad. I'm really glad. Um, what's camouflaging? It's trying to hide the weight, you know? Um, I got my eight hours of sleep today. Hey, all right, Rose. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Rose is in the program and she's, I, I love working with her. I'm so excited to see, I'm so excited to see um, where you end up with this. I'm, I'm so, really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, that, that's really great. Good job, Rosa. And so I can't wait to talk about that. What I want you to notice now is I want you to notice the subtle things. That's another, that's a, a trick of the brain. And this one sucks is that when we do something wrong, our brain really maximizes it and we're very aware of it. When we do something right, it's very subtle to our brain. So you have to you have to be like your own best cheerleader. So when you get some sleep, so this is the beauty of being a hypnotist is I'm less concerned with what's true and not true, and I'm more concerned with what's going to help me get to my goal and what's not. You know, assume I'm not hurting anyone or you know I mean everything's ethical, but I don't mind like if I sleep eight hours, I'm getting up saying, "All right, Jim, good job. Now you're going to be awake. You're going to feel great. Good for you. You did it. Look at you. You're amazing." I'm really talking myself up because again, I'm trying to balance out that inbred that ingrained negativity bias, and so. So when you do something good, a lot of people, they minimize that, you know, oh, big deal. So what? So I went to bed early. Who cares? I didn't lose any weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people are in this habit of really putting themselves down. So I'm really, I'm proud of you, Rosa, for doing that. Cause I know every little thing's a big deal. Anytime you change any behavior, it's a big deal. And you want to make a big deal of it because it reinforces that you can make changes, that you can influence yourself. Okay. And so what I want you to notice, Rosa, is all the little effects of getting those, those eight hours of sleep. So we'll talk about those tomorrow. Okay. Great job. Um, all your tips about health in your course book, or does it include about the hypnosis aspect only? No, my program is a 100% complete weight mastery solution. And I would say, I always say it's the number one weight mastery program on the planet. That's a little bit cheating though, because I don't think there is another weight mastery program on the planet, right? Think about that. And that's a crazy thing, right? So I just want to say in my program, it is a complete soup to nuts, everything you need to know to master your weight. The very first thing you learn is the hypnosis piece, the self-hypnosis, how to hypnotize yourself. And I think that's important because, again, I, I hypnotize people in the beginning of my career. Um, and it kind of is the, the cliche of like, you know, give a person a fish, feed them for a day, teach a person a fish, feed them for a lifetime. You have got to learn how to hypnotize yourself. A, you'll be way more effective at it. When someone else is hypnotizing, you always have a little bit of a barrier up. When you understand how to hypnotize yourself, your subconscious mind, how to influence it. And it's not rocket science. I want to be clear about that. This stuff's not rocket science. It's just something you would never think of on your own. But you learn how to hypnotize yourself and you use that as a core technique. That, that's very important. That's really the, the cornerstone of the whole program um, because it helps you implement the blueprints. So that the next part is the blueprints, which is a 60-page workbook. But you, you literally create a mindset blueprint 
a lifestyle blueprint and an eating blueprint that's customized and personalized around you so that you can live at your goal weight. And you use the hypnosis technique to implement those specific things. Again, you've got to do it to yourself. Then there's the hypnosis piece, which is all the hypnosis sessions that you get throughout the eight weeks. And again, you get lifetime access to all this stuff. But for the eight weeks, it's a real step-by-step program. And so that reinforces and supports you in all the stuff that's happening as well. And as effective as those hypnosis sessions are, nothing's as effective as when you learn how to program your own mind with the customized specific plan that you came up with for yourself. I can't overstate that, okay? That stuff's crucial. And so um, in the lifestyle piece, you know, um, that that's all the health thing. So I show you Again, we go through the structure of it. So you, you come up with a blueprint for how you're going to do it. But then there's literally, there's trainings for how to sleep the properly, how to hydrate yourself, how to relax, how to breathe, how to nourish yourself, how to move, how to meditate, and how to, grat- how to feel more gratitude. So I show you very specific practical techniques to feel all those things. And then I show you a master ritual. This is a, it's a three to five minute one to two minute um, process that where you can do six of those habits. Okay. So I break it down into a lot of detail because again, I'm all about practicality. And then the eating piece, it's how to structure your eating. But then there's six, six or seven trainings. I'm putting more in there just about really teaching you kind of how to look at food in a very specific way. So it's the most robust weight mastery course I've ever seen, like, like without question. So yeah, it's absolutely everything um, that you need. Uh, me too. Gained it back when I went back into office. No energy to start again. Yeah, no energy to start again. I hear that all the time. But understand that part of the reason why you don't have energy to start again is because most people, when they think about weight loss, it's going it's going straight to the extreme. It's, it's all or nothing. Understand what that means. All is all. It's really hard. It means classically what it's meant is that the average American's eating 2,700 calories a day and diets a lot of times are saying go down to 1,200 calories. That means on day one, you're starting with a 60% calorie reduction. That's so insane. And then you think you're just going to maintain that to your, get your goal weight. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why you're in hypnosis. You're not logically, rationally looking at what you're trying to do to lose weight. It's crazy. It's crazy. You wouldn't do this in any other area of your life. It's like if I want to learn the pia- play the piano, and I'm like, well, I want to learn it as fast as I can. I'm going to play eight hours a day. Yeah, okay, maybe great the first day, and the second day, my, my, I can't move my hands. <laughs> I'm not going to practice, you know? So, um... That's why, because when you think about losing weight, you go to this extreme idea in your mind. It's a short-term extreme plan so you can lose weight quickly. That, that's what it means to you. And that's a trap in of itself because you have to get yourself super fired up and you can't. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You have no idea how to motivate yourself. The only motivation you know of that's ever worked for you is this spontaneous pain-based motivation. Step on the scale, see the picture of yourself, clothes don't fit, and you get so upset, you say, I got to do it. Or there's the very rare, well, you got a wedding coming up and you want to look really good, right? That, those are just real, those are awkward, random times. Not awkward, but those, those, those are random times. Um, but the other one you try and rely on is this pain-based motivation. You try and get yourself so hyped up that you do something extreme, you know? But the problem is the way you're thinking about it is an extreme way to lose weight because you only want to lose weight fast, all right? Um, so you got to get out of that mindset. All right. I'm starting back with 100 grams of carbs and adding some more fruit and veggies. Yeah, okay. Again, I mean, I, I think that's where keto goes off the rails because I think anytime you're following a weight loss plan that is restricting your vegetables and fruits, I think um, it, it is what it is. Now, I know the theories about fructose and, and weight gain. Um, they are what they are. You know, everyone's going to believe what they're going to believe, but uh, I don't know. I, I find the keto thing for most people... Because, oh, well, I lose a lot of weight. Well, you, you lose a lot of weight eating carrots and water too. 
Do you know what I mean? It's like, what can you do though consistently? You, you know? And so the keto thing, the, the main thing I find with people is they do it until they feel so shitty. They feel like big lumps of clay because <laughs> there's stuff full of protein, you know? And it's like, they don't have the fiber to feel right. You know, that that's, I tend to find people that don't feel well. The weight's coming off, they feel gross. You know, that's what I tend to find. And it's really hard to maintain it. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. Everyone's different with their bodies. But um, again, are, are we making choices based on what's going to make me lose weight? Or are we making choices based on what's going to make me give me the best quality of life? I think that's a better way to look at it. Um, are you a certified hypnotist? Yes. I'm a certified master hypnotist, certified NLP trainer, certified yoga instructor, certified strategic coach with Tony Robbins, certified Reiki. Um, so I've been doing this stuff, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I, again, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I'm not, I'm not like a nutritionist. I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a dietitian. Um, but I think, again, like I've said earlier, I, I think I fill in this weird void in the weight loss world of how do you get, oh, hey, look at that. That's cool, right? That's cool. Your horn's going off. Thank you, Fatima. Um, I, I fill in this weird spot, which I think is the most important one, which is now, you know, don't tell me what to do. Show me how to get myself to do it. And I, and I feel like that's the big lacking thing when it comes to weight loss is that it's everyone's just telling you what to do. And then what? You're supposed to just do it. It's, it's like that seems like the crazy part to me, you know, so I try and practically help people do the things that they know they should do in a way that becomes automatic and somewhat natural. All right. So, um, yeah. All right. Love your content. The concept of how you feel after eating has been working for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll work for you because that's how your brain's set up. You know what I mean? So now you're working with your brain. So that's awesome. Yeah, great. Cool. All right, everyone. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. We'll go for a while. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope this has helped you. Have a great day and I'll see you soon. Bye.